no references in that who the supporting actors were. Were you able to recognize any of the voices when you were able to listen to recordings, even though they weren't listed as part of, you know, they, they weren't noted in the script? Were you yes. able to recognize voices? Yes, and Bill Thompson was taking on a multitude of those voices. And it wasn't until I had listened to the full spectrum of all the episodes the first time through that I was able to recognize Bill Thompson's voice the second time through Bill Thompson a number of times in the later years would speak in a small role in his normal voice and you got a gauge of what his normal voice was because occasionally at the end of a show he'd be saluted for his work with the Boy Scouts or something like that and he would talk in his normal voice he would say thanks thanks forever or thanks Jim or whatever it is and he'd talk in his normal voice and when you listen to some of those earlier programs and you heard him taking small roles in his normal voice, sometimes it was just coming to a door and delivering a telegram, and he'd say thanks or something like that, and you could then credit him. But it, it's, it was because I had listened to those other episodes carefully that I was able to identify those, those voices. Mm -hmm. I think a number of, of radio listeners, radio aficionados, as most of us are, can recognize voices. I'm listening sometimes at night to a serious program. The other night I was listening to a, an episode of Nightbeat or one of the other shows, and I heard Stacey Harris's voice. And as soon as I heard that voice, I recognized it. Other nights you may hear Jack Crucian or... You may hear Lou Krugman or Jay Novello in their various voices, and you pick up the, the voices right away, and that's why Joseph Kearns jumps right out uh, at a person as soon as you hear that voice, or John Brown. And I'm sure all of us recognize those voices because we've listened to many radio shows, but it's not something that comes intuitively. It comes from perceptively listening to programs and picking yeah. up audio clues. That's what yeah. I found fun. I think in '39 to listen to Rachel K. Boomer, his nephew, and there was Walter Tetley. I think exactly. You know, one or two episodes. I've forgotten how many mm -hmm. that he did. Frank Lovejoy is that kind of person for me. I recognize Frank Lovejoy in anything he does, mostly because I dislike his voice. But <laughs> I mean, that's personal. A lot of people love his voice. But I understand what you're telling me. I misspoke when we talked about characters before. We have more than four dozen characters. I want to ask you about characters, the number of characters that were in the show. We've got four dozen. We've got Teeny and Wallace Wimple, the old-timer, Mayor Trivia, even Mert the Operator, Nick Depopolis. These are all strong people. Tell me the top five you think were the best conceived and the ones who contributed the most to the show? Well, we'll eliminate Fibber and Molly. Uh, Correct. Because they're, they're, there are... Bill Thompson gets a nod in my, in my head because of, of the way he took on... I think a number of people like Wallace Wimple. He, he would be the favorite 
Bill Thompson character, but for me, the favorite Bill Thompson character was the old timer. No kidding. Yeah, I I just enjoyed the the many ways he could get get playful with Fibber or with Molly. Uh, just the way he addressed them. Molly was always daughter, and Fibber, of course, was Johnny. There was a, a sense of playfulness that would run into almost every time he'd come into the 79 Wistful Vista. Mm-hmm. He would be probably my most favorite, um, my favorite supporting character. Okay. And Mayor Latrivia would probably be. Uh, second. Okay. Because I'm a Gail Gordon fan, and I just love the blow-ups and the way he could <laughs> he could go from placid, calm, to blowing his top in an instant. You want me to name five favorites, I suppose? Yes, please. Um, well, you know, not necessarily even favorites, but ones who contributed most to the show or the ones who were strongest characters, however you want to put them in there. I guess favorite would be best. Okay. And then Doc Gamble. I guess because of the playfulness and the exchanges with Fibber, the, the gentle ribbing of each other. Uh-huh. And then perhaps Oldie Swenson. Okay. By Dick Legrand. And perhaps Horatio K. Boomer to, to finish them out. Wallace Wimple, to me, as I listen to more of the shows, a number of the shows, uh, like shows in which Native Americans are treated uh, in a very servile manner, uh, a number of the episodes in which Wallace Wimple and the abuse, the mutual abuse passed out by him to his wife and his wife to him, they don't have quite the, the flavor that they might have had years ago. You know, him calling her uh, while she's in the bathtub and possibly electrocuting him and getting tossed out of the, he gets tossed out of the second floor window by her and granted uh, we're supposed to take that as as humor, but um, it doesn't doesn't ring for me quite as funny uh, as as it might have. Mm-hmm. What so about Teeny? Need... What about Teeny? Yeah, yeah, she's she's a an enjoyable character too. I guess the fact that her and Marion are inseparable in my mind, I. I think that she's an enjoyable character, too. Is she high on your list? Uh, yes, she is very high on my list. 
I have an interesting You think Teeny ever grew, ever got older? What do you two think Teeny is? How old? And what may be her age range from, mm. from the beginning to I, end? I seem to remember fourth grade he, he being gave mentioned. Her, he gave her age as six on May 2nd, 1944. Right. In, in 1951, she said she's six going on eight. <laughs> and one time she said five and a half, I believe. That's right. She got into a guess. She made Fibber do a number of guessing. Um, uh huh. That's right. And he and then and then he I, she, I, he says something to the effect, "Are you five? No. Are you six? No. Seven. And then she says something to the effect, "You didn't guess five and a half." And then <laughs> right. when, he, when he says five and a half, she says, "No, that's wrong too." So, yeah. But, but so. But she she talked about her teacher, and I, it's. My brain says that it was one of the upper classes, like third or fourth grade, that she talked about one time. Is that possible? I don't recall her being that far along. Probably not. My brain fails me sometimes. I'm trying to remember the the, the age of Miss uh, Legley. I'm trying to remember her teacher. Um, oh, Miss... Um, Miss Yeagley? Yeagley. Yeagley, remember, that's and, it. I'm trying to remember the... I, I, the toy show, the uh, fixing the toy from December twenty fourth, nineteen forty six. I try to remember if they even gave a grade, what if, if Miss Yeager was teaching. I don't, I don't know. It just sh sticks out in my mind. Well, I have to go back and listen again. Yeah. So, what I would, we're talking, by the way, with Claire Schultz, who is author of Fibber McGee and Molly on the Air, 1935 to 1959, which is now revised and significantly enlarged with additional information, different and additional photos. Um, it, it's just a great book. And I wanted, to, if it's okay with you, I wanted to give a sample of the comments that you have at the end of each episode that you describe with the date, the title, cast, um, summary line, music by, running gags, if there is one in there. And I wanted to give it for the show that I picked for tonight. The show that I picked for tonight is the Gildersleeve Girdle Quiz Show, which is a nice uh, showcase of the of both Fibber and Gildersleeve in the same show. And your comments at the bottom of the entry, a sample of the fun present in the audience warm-up spills over to some of the openings, such as this episode in which Jim jumps into Harlow's introduction to credit Wilcox. This is the part that really tickled me. Abigail, um, Abigail, Uppington, right? I, I guess yeah. Carstairs and Uppington mixed up. Now, Abigail Uppington reveals that her middle name is Farthingale, and her address is 97 Wistful Vista. Now, Walden, I should have saved that for a Stump Walden question. You would have had me. I would have had me. Would have I would have had, had everybody. Fibber unveils his, quote, nothing that any red-blooded, clean-living American boy, end quote line, and uh, it's his false humility for the first time. The uh, tag includes a plea for donations to fight infantile paralysis. And I think that, I mean, having explanations and information like that is just a gift. And I love it. And you've done this. How, how, many, how many of these did you do? How many comments? Well, about 1,240 of them. 
So if that doesn't give people a, a hint of the amount of work that went in this, I don't know what will. It, it, it really is just great. To be perfectly candid, and it's very difficult with some of these three-minute vignettes at the end, when, the, when three minutes passed just like that, to even sometimes get a comment because they go like that. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, there's one episode where Fibber is calling on National Poetry Day. Fibber is calling Henry Wadsworth Longfell and a Japanese poet on World Poetry Day. <laughs> and the, the one comment that makes me laugh is, is and the comment that I put there was, as Shelley Berman and Bob Newhart all also demonstrated, hilarity results from not hearing what the person on the other end of the phone is saying. If you think back to those routines, and I'm, I hope I'm not dating myself, do people actually remember Bob Newhart and the button-down mind of Bob Newhart when he would be making those calls and Shelley Berman? <laughs> they were comics in the, in the 60s, and they'd be, they'd be just pretending to be calling, like Bob Newhart would be pretending to be calling Abraham Lincoln um, or talking with somebody else uh, over the phone. Well, ironically, I was negotiating with his agent to have him on the show on Friday. So somebody remembers that. Well, the Bob Newhart show is in reruns on one of the old show radio uh, television stations. Yeah. And on the Bob Newhart show, he did that shtick. So this is good. We have, um, gosh, uh, would you tell people about the surprise of that comes with the book ordered through you, how they can get to you, and uh, anything else that they need to know before we say goodnight. Okay. Before I get to that, um, I'd like to mention that one question that I thought you might ask me is what impressed you in listening to the the shows the second time what was the one thing that's that stood out and the one thing i think that stood out was right from the very beginning of the show and i think this separates fibber mcgee and molly from just about any other show on the air right from the very first episode it was the sense of playfulness and i mentioned that before when i talked about carla wilcox and the, the middle commercials it separated it from so many other shows until maybe Red Skelton came along and really was adopted that mischievous, playful style in the 1940s. And when you think about it, right from the very beginning, and think about this when you go back and listen to the shows right from that April 16, 1935 show, right from the very first show, it was that sense of playfulness that was there right from that first show with the running gag that perhaps we associate more with the program than maybe even with the running, uh, the closet, is the Taint Funny. If you really think about it, Molly's Taint Funny McGee response, which was used on that first show, was almost always to a fibber pun or other instance of wordplay, and he was figuratively, if not literally, poking her in the ribs and saying, don't you get it, Molly? And indirectly, he was kind of poking us in the ribs and saying, don't you get it out there in radio land? And maybe people out in the audience were saying as well, taint funny, McGee. But it was right there at the very beginning and went through the entire show. Think about sometimes when you listen to a program like 
a comedy show like Leave It um, Duffy's Tavern or The Life of Riley or Father Knows Best, programs like that, do you ever get the sensation that they're enjoying themselves so much and that they want us to in, come and enjoy the show with them? And that's the thing that separates the show, I think, from so many other programs and what attracts the show to me after all these years is let's have fun. Let's knock down the fourth wall and let's enjoy ourselves for half an hour or 15 minutes or late in the era for three minutes. And I think that's what made the show so popular for many years is you could have fun listening to the show and not be concerned at all that there would be anything brought up in the program that might be offensive to anybody in the family. It really was a great family show. Agreed. I thought maybe I you'd it. also I thought maybe you'd also ask me about the the writing skill of, of Quinn and Leslie. Um, one thing that impressed me was I was reading through these episodes again was the instances where Quinn and Leslie, like good mystery writers, were dropping clues into the story, sometimes near the beginning of the story, that pointed toward the resolution. Just think about the January 7, 1941 episode, the $100 bill episode where Fibber is complaining about his feet. He's got a blister on his foot. By the time he gets home, he finds that quarter that he was looking for. The measles quarantine episode. Fibber can't remember early in the show what the doctor said. At the very end of the show, he remembers what the doctor said, that quarantining is out of date. It's not needed anymore. It's obsolete. The 1942 show, you remember there's money in the sofa? Mm -hmm. They read a letter that was written in 1867 on the letter. When they tear the sofa apart near the end, what money do they find in there? It's Confederate money. When Fibber in 1946 has that microscope out and he's examining the water, he tells us early in the episode, I'm putting newspaper down. And he looks through the microscope and he sees all these strange figures. Teeny has to point out to him by the end of the show that he's looking at Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Goofy and all these characters from the comics. I could go on. I've got a list here that would cover the full page and take another half hour of the skill that the writers use that we take for granted. And I think many people don't observe it and don't note it unless maybe I point it out in the comments or you, after playing the program, point that out that the writers were dropping clues along the way. Nobody wants to get to the last page of a mystery and find out that it was a character that wasn't brought in till the end of the show or the end of the novel. We want to have logical reasons for things happening. You remember that 1950 episode where he starts right at the 
the front of the episode saying, I got to get rid of this barrel of pickles right in the very first sentence of the show and many more times throughout the show. And we find out at the end of the show why he did it. That 1950 episode, when Fred Nittany is mentioned time after time after time, when they're at the carnival, when Fibber agrees to go in and fight with this wrestler, Hydrogen Hansky, should it come to a surprise to us at the end of the show that Fibber reveals to Molly don't you know who that wrestler is? That's Fred Nittany. Well, I'm beating an old drum here, but I no. just hope when people listen listen to that show, listen to it perceptively, and that's why I keep using that uh, adverb, perceptively. There's a difference between just turning on the radio and saying, oh, I listened to this show, and but to listen to it closely to see the skill of, the writers and the performers, and what made that medium I such an important part of many people's lives. I was thinking of the, uh, is it the 47, 40, probably the 48 show, where Fibber wanted to stand outside in the rain near the drugstore, all waiting to, wait to help our friend. And then we find our friend Nettany at the end, and he never shows up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. You called Don Quinn a gifted wordsmith, um, and I agree. We've touched on this during the night, uh, our conversation tonight, how Don Quinn was able to weave so many things into a script that another person would just bomb. It, it would just bomb, such as the ongoing friction or semi-friction, pseudo-friction between Doc Gamble and Fibber. That's right, and I think that's one of the reasons why the show ages so well, because he put enough different eggs in the basket, so to speak, the aphorisms, the puns, the alliterations, the, the, the banter back and forth, the doggerel, the catchphrases, the blow-ups, whereas some performers like Fred Allen and Bob Hope, if you listen to some of their shows, particularly the beginning portions, their monologues, the conversations between Fred and Portland dealt very often with topical issues from that week. This mm -hmm. is why I think, I think the Quinn scripts and the Leslie scripts, to some extent as well, age so well. The episode you're going to, to play tonight uh, ages well. Yeah. yeah right, the, ones that, the ones that are topical frequently dealt with the war, so that even though there are, it, it's topical for the time, it's a history lesson for us. Yes, and if I had to pick episodes to play for groups today, either groups of seniors at some of the nursing homes and some of the retirement communities that I've gone to, uh, I would select uh, some of those as most representative of World War II shows because they really uh, touch the heart of the people, particularly when they were asking for, for war bonds. And Fibber and a number of people kept stressing, you know, you shouldn't have, we shouldn't have to ask for this because we're not asking 
for you to give your money. This is an investment. And it's an investment, and they tried to stress, it's an investment in freedom. Because if, if the war was lost, nothing else mattered. Mm -hmm. I will repeat uh, the information you asked me to repeat and, and as a way that people will have this information if they wish to order it uh, from me and take advantage of this special caricature, this print, that they can frame if they wish or give it to a, a friend or a relative. My email address is wistful79vista at hotmail.com. If you send an inquiry to that address asking for information about the book, I can describe the book and describe the print for you and then give you my address where the payment can be sent and you can give me your address when you send the, the payment. You can certainly order it from Bear Manor if you wish. You can order the book, but this way you'll have something to put on the wall and look up at as you enjoy Jim and Marion. And you'll also have my autograph on the book, which will increase the value of the book probably anywhere from one to five cents. <laughs> it's always a nice touch, though, to, uh, to have a personal, a personal touch from the writer, the author. Um, that is is just really cool. I'm, I want to offer to do something, if, and it, only if it's all right with you. When you tell people you're going to describe it for them, I have one of these handy-dandy wand scanners that would allow me to run the scanner over a couple of pages, put them in the computer, and email them to people as samples of what's on the inside of this book. Would that be all right with you? Yes, yes. Um, you could do that. Anybody who has access to uh, the the internet, anybody who has um, access to various technology, uh, that might be an easier way to do it. You would assume that just about everybody out there listening um, has access to a computer. That would work well. Mm -hmm. So you might. You might uh, do that, and you might even want to, and I don't know uh, if your scanner will do this very well, is maybe even do the table of contents. Yes, I can certainly that, do that. That would give them an idea as to the scope of the book uh -huh. uh, and what's in the book, and they'll see very quickly that the majority of the book is an episode guide. Well, it is a, a, just a wonderful collection of information. And Ralph, I apologize if I had used my head, instead of squirreling around trying to find an episode for you, I would have contacted Mr. Schultz and said, could you please tell me Teeny's last name? <laughs> I just, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't do that. Shame on me. Um, that's a good way to say if you have any questions ever 
about Fibber McGee and Molly or The Great Gildersleeve because you have a book out about The Great Gildersleeve. It's called Tuning in the Great Gildersleeve, the episodes and cast of radio's first spinoff show. Um, you can write to Mr. Schultz, Claire Schultz, and he's at wistful79vista at hotmail.com, and you will have an answer a whole lot faster than I can find it. And then you also might mention the on the screen, on the air, on my mind, which you may have, were, maybe we're going to do in the next minute or so. In Go the ahead. next minute, yes, we have on the screen, on the air, on my mind, which is a wonderful collection of articles about actors and movies and actresses. I mean, please tell them what's inside it, it, because it really is an extraordinary collection. I've often said, and I, I try to say this without patting myself on the back, if a person wants one book in one volume between one cover that really will tell people what the entertainment world was like, what actors and actresses were like, what radio was like, what radio premiums were like and collecting them, what life was like growing up in the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Uh, this volume is probably the one volume that uh, has it all. Um, there are character and career profiles of any number of movie and radio stars that I wrote about over the years in various publications, such as Al Jolson, Jimmy Durante, Betty Hutton, Danny Kaye, Abbott and Costello, Bob Hope, Jerry Colonna, Ernie Kovacs, Arnold Stang, Groucho Marx, Gail Gordon, Eve Arden, Gene Tierney, Joan Davis, Tallulah Bankhead, Lucille Ball, Iris Adrian and Sandra Gould, the horror stars, Bela Lugosi, Vincent Price, Boris Karloff, both of the Cheneys, Lon, Lon Cheney Jr. and Sr., Peter Lorre, Gabby Hayes, Frank Lovejoy, Alan Ladd, Jack Carson, Bill Bendix, J. Carol Nash, Howard Duff, Basil Rathbone. There's articles on movie music the Perry Mason uh, Overlook series, the only films in which Fred Allen and Henry Morgan had starring parts, B-movies. There's a collection of articles on various radio shows, uh, Nightbeat, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, Fibber McGee and Molly, Armis Brooks, Henry Morgan Show, Jack Benny Show, Quiet Please, Ozzy and Harriet, Pat Novak for Hire, Edgar Bergen. Those of you who remember premiums, we talked a little bit about premiums. Tom Nix premiums, big little books, movie tie-in books that are sometimes called photo playbooks, uh, some actual stories uh, that are takeoffs and parodies, Burma Shave Signs, Johnson Smith Novelty Catalogs, And what it was like to go to theaters back in the 1950s and 
I close with an article on collectibles, um, how collectibles have changed over the years and how today virtually everything is a collectible. Maybe sometime down the year, down the line, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, Fibber McGee and Molly on the air, 1935 to 1959, will be a collectible. Right now, it's a dispensable. I don't think so. I don't think it's indispensable, but... <laughs> it's not quite dispensable. For anybody who loves Fibber McGee and Molly, this really is a, a wonderful collection for people to, to get their hands on. Probably now all of your listeners have gone to bed. I don't think so. They tend, they tend to stay with us. Walden and I are usually here for quite a long time. We have three waves of listeners. You know, we, there's the early birds, and then the middle of the road, and then when Patricia and I are still on here at 6 in the morning, we still get the morning crowd. Yep, they are. We, we have the folks who say good night, the ones who can't sleep, and the ones who are serving coffee. So those those are our three gangs, and they are with us for the whole night. So, well, Mr. Schultz, Claire Schultz, author of Fibber McGee and Molly on the Air, it is such a joy to have you with us again. You, you just give us so much information about our shows, and I'm I'm just delighted you were able to spend time with us. Well, it's always enjoyable to talk about the programs and the people who mean so much to me, and it's good to hear that these programs and these actors and actresses mean a great deal to lots of people out there in cyberspace and what we might call Radioland. In Radioland, and indeed they do. So I will be in touch again, I'm sure, and uh, I hope you'll keep us posted with what you're up to and what you're writing. All right, will do. That's great. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Okay, Patricia and I are going to play the uh, Film Game Molly show from uh, January 23, 1940, and we'll be back in 2930. Here we go. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coats present Marion and Jim Jordan as Fibber McGee and Molly with Jimmy Shields, Bill Thompson, Harlow Wilcox, gee, thanks, and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Goody Goodbye. on wax, you save your floors. You've heard me say this many times, but I wonder if you've really stopped to think about it, about the unique service that genuine Johnson's Wax performs in your home. As a matter of fact, there just isn't any other product that can do what wax does for your floors, protect them and beautify them at the same time. The tough shield of Johnson's Wax is invisible, transparent, and yet it protects and guards the floor surface against scuffing feet, scratches, and dirt. This same shield of genuine Johnson's Wax adds rich, mellow beauty to your floors. 
beauty that actually increases with every application. And of course, Johnson's Wax is also a work saver. It does away with tiresome floor scrubbing. And Johnson Wax floors are the easiest of all floors to keep clean. And besides floors, there are 100 other labor-saving uses for Johnson's Wax. Furniture, woodwork, window sills, leather goods. You'll find these extra uses listed right on the Johnson Wax package, paste or liquid. Did you ever take a tour through a modern broadcasting studio? It's a wonderful experience, and here's your chance to do it. At the Wistful Vista Broadcasting Company studio, where the guide is about to conduct a regular half-hour tour. And here, among the milling sightseers, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, come on, Molly, let's go home. I'm getting tired waiting around here. No, yeah. sir, I've wanted to take one of these studio tours for a long time, dearie. They say it's very educational. Well, okay. After all, radio's been buttoned into our home for 20 years. It's about time we returned the call. <laughs> all right, folks, please form a line and follow me. I'll explain things to you as we go along. Follow me, please. What's all this machinery in here, bud? Is this where they wind Winchell up every Sunday night? McGee, <laughs> don't be so fresh. Oh, well, uh, I... This, ladies and gentlemen, is our sound effects department. This room contains every possible sound effect. Now, it... pardon me, please, Mr. Guide. There's one sound effect I've often wondered about. Uh, yes, madam? Uh, well, uh, for instance, on that Johnson Wax program, my stars, how do they get the effect of all those people laughing at Fibber McGee's jokes? <laughs> Madam, there are still some things about radio that baffle the experts. <laughs> now, do you all see this large rubber ball? What do you use that for, bud? Sound effect of a bouncing baby? Ha! Oh, <laughs> shut up! Quiet. Oh, I wasn't talking to you. Quiet! This rubber ball, ladies and gentlemen, is used, surprisingly enough, for the effect of an explosion. Well, can you imagine that, It is made of very thin rubber and filled with small pebbles. When shaken and held up to the microphone, it produces a loud explosive sound. Let me show you. Oh, my Now, let us continue the tour, please. And this is our Studio J. It has an audience seating capacity of 350. Uh, this way, please. <laughs> Studio K, it seats 325. <laughs> Studio L seats 300. <laughs> hey, you're out of step, bud. <laughs> Dearie. Studio M seats 350. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, completes the tour. Are there any questions? Yeah, I got a question, bud. Uh, yes, sir. What is it, sir? 
How do they get all them little pebbles into that rubber ball? <laughs> Folks, Jimmy Shields sings Stardust. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely The melody haunts my reverie, and I am once again with you. When our love was new, and each kiss an inspiration. Both that was long ago, now my consolation is in the stardust of a song. Beside a garden wall and stars are bright, you are in my arms. The nightingale tells his fairy tale of paradise where roses grew. Oh, I dream in vain. My heart, it will remain My stardust melody The memory of love's refrain studio tour, Molly. Oh, wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, but do you think they have a sound effect for falling arches? <laughs> My feet are killing me. Yeah. Mine too. <laughs> Wonder why they don't let the tourists ride around on them killer cycles they're always bragging about. <laughs> here, sit down on this bench here a while, Molly. Ah, heavenly day. <sighs> if that guide had showed us only 42 more studios, I'd have gone back for that rubber ball and blown the place up. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Well, hello there, Johnny. Hello, daughter. What you doing? Arresting. We were just uh, taking a studio tour. Eh? We were kind of disappointed on not seeing any radio stars, the old-timer. Molly thought if she could only make a grab at Jack Benny's ostrich, it would be quite a feather in her hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awful, Johnny. <laughs> that ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> The way I heard it, one feller says to t'other feller, See, he says, I see where Mae West just finished making another movie. Yep, says t'other feller, I sure want to see that. She's number one on my hips parade. <laughs> well, I gotta skip along. 
My boy Rance wants to borrow 50 bucks to finish up the secretarial course. Must be learning the touch system. <laughs> Come on, kid. Imagine that old twerp. He's just a feeble old squirt from the Fountain of Youth. <laughs> Ah, well, come on, let's go home. Okay, I'm... I'll be so tired in the morning, I'll have to do the dishes in bed. <laughs> oh, McGee, look, there's Mr. Gildersleeve. Who, oh, hi, Gildy, old man. Hello. Oh, what's wrong, Mr. Gildersleeve? Why, cheer up, Rocky old rutabagger. You still got plenty of time to do your Christmas shopping. <laughs> Stop it, McGee, please. <laughs> I'm in no mood for that sort of thing. Okay, I'll quit. Oh, I'm in a terrible mess, McGee. Terrible. Well, if this was 15 years ago, I'd think your home brew had exploded. <laughs> what is it, Mr. Gildersleeve? Now, look, Gildersleeve. Personally, I don't know why I should want to help you. You hate my, uh... And I don't like yours either. <laughs> But I'll help you if I can, McGee. McGee, you're so full of balloon juice, you ought to travel around with a ground crew. <laughs> so. But I've simply got to talk to somebody. My, my, it's nice to have you boys on such friendly terms again. What's the trouble, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, as you know, I am the manufacturer of Gildersleeve's Girlish Girdles. <laughs> yeah? Now, here's what happened. Yeah? I decided to go on the radio with my advertising. So I contracted for a half hour on the air. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, that's quite a contraction, Rocky. Uh, what kind of show you got? I haven't got a show. What? That's what's the trouble. In exactly 20 minutes, Gildersleeve's girlish girdles go on the air. And I haven't any program. Oh. And all because the union won't let my wife sing. <laughs> Gildersleeve, there must be a power watching over you to meet me at a time like this. What you mean, McGee? Well, now that you've laid an egg, I'm going to save your bacon. <laughs> I've got a great idea for a radio program, brand new. But what do you know about radio broadcasting, McGee? Who, me? Why, shucks, Gildersleeve. I've been interested in radio ever since I was knob high to a door slam. <laughs> Why, even as a little tyke, I studied broadcasting because I simply love to work at a microphone. For the love of my... Gentlemen, before we say goodnight, may we take this opportunity to urge you all to support, to the best of your ability, the campaign against infantile paralysis. Yes, folks, send your dimes marching to Washington today, and as much more as you can afford. Remember, what looks like small change to you may bring about a big change in the life of some crippled child. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> Thank you.
This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, Racine, Wisconsin, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night at this same time. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Right, January uh, 23rd, uh, 1940, and let's share a prayer. We'll get Patricia. Dear Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us have a good time with our friends and our families out here. Bless, bless this country. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Selected Bill Br- Fred Bernie, Imagine, Jerry Head, John Gass, Leaf Duckett, Nolan Kent, Rips Club, Tim Nova, Plus One, Bill Cry, Claire Schultz, Cynthia, Dennis Hart, Frank Wesse, Book, Jeff Silver, Jim Taylor, AAC, Carolyn Dodd, Carolyn Dodd, Patricia News, phone numbers, when applications, contacts, men, send SMS message, invite the group call, enter, leaving menus, Patricia News, unloading calls, with that. Is that you? Uh-huh. And we do. There we go. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. And we have a caller. Hello, caller. You're on there. Hello there. Hey, Ron. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. What a wonderful evening. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, that that was fantastic. I, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I really did. And I'm so glad you called in with a question. That was great. Thank you. Well, I, I, I was pleased to do it, and I, I was uh, I was just enthralled, and, and thank you for that all. But uh, I hope my question was okay, but I knew it was something we talked about, and I wanted to get his opinion on it. I think it was a great idea on your part to do that. Um, but I, I, I uh, and I, I found his, uh, his explanation and everything very fascinating. Um, I think the, uh, the whole closet thing was interesting because... Uh, that was all we hear about. When when somebody talks about old radio, that's all we hear about. I think that um, is a testament to the staying power of the thing that people actually thought it happened every week. I also sort of wonder if because in the 60s, a lot of the books that started a hobby, uh, you know, the big broadcast with Buckton and Owen and Jim Harm, those guys didn't have the ability to double check. They had to go by their memory or do interviews or whatever, they didn't have the documentation. And so Well and you, you make a great point and I think that um, uh, I think that, that is that is absolutely true and and, uh, uh, and that happens so much our memories play tricks on us. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
Now, the other thing I want to tell you is, um, I tell you about my favorite Fibber, my favorite pro, my favorite favorite Fibber McGee program. What is your favorite Fibber McGee program? That is the one, and I think it's in, from '44. And maybe Walden, you can you can help me out here, but I think it's from '44. It's the one where he go he, he's going to he goes to the magic magic shop and he's getting some magic tricks to work up for a, uh, an Elks Club um, <laughs> so uh, doing that night. Uh huh. And it's just a scream because he gets himself all tied up and oh, it's just lovely. Yeah, and he had to, he had a guy come and tie him all yes. up. And and who's a, he's a professional burglar. Yep. And then he's right through that door over there. Yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, it's, it's just now, great. Remember, remember what knocked him out? Okay, there's the trivia. You remember what knocked, him, knocked the burglar out in the closet? Uh, the bowling ball? I thought, oh, gosh. I think it's something else. Maybe the whole the whole thing, but I think it's something. I, th I thought it was the moose head. I thought it was, too. That sounds right. That <laughs> yeah, sounds that, does, right. that does ring a bell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's just a, yeah, right through that door, and he just dawns on him. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that's him. a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Riot. That was good. That yep. was good. And then the other thing, Patricia, I think you'll find this very interesting. What? And, Walden, we talked about this a few minutes ago. Right. There is such a place, Patricia, as Savarac, Illinois. Oh, I knew that. Yeah, it's actually a state park. Uh-huh. Yeah, I knew that uh, because um, I knew it before, but we had Leo Jordan, who is the nephew of Jim Jordan, uh -huh. and he talked about Starred Rock and a whole bunch of other things that related to Illinois. Right. But I, uh, but I, I can remember until Ron pointed out that it's really not a city, it's just a state park. That's correct, and I'm about nine miles away from it. How far are you? Now, this was this was never a town, not ever. That's that's correct. Nobody ever had an address. No. That had that had that in it. No. Huh. Star Rock is closest to the town of Utica, Illinois. Well, I'll I'll be happy about that. <laughs> which is which is halfway between LaSalle, about halfway between LaSalle and Ottawa. I want to go on a picnic. Does it have a picnic? Come on table? down. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I want a picnic. Yay. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh. I, I very seldom have gone there myself, but a lot of people come in to the area and go there. But the locals, we leave it for the tourists. You you tolerate tourists? Oh, yeah. That's your heart? Love them. <laughs> That's really well, nice. Where, right. Look, yeah. where would we be without them? <laughs> I bring anyway, money. You know, yeah. forgive me. I, I know I'm going to get hammered for this one, but that's what we keep getting reminded of down here. I'm we sure you be do. Without the tourists, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Well, how far are you from Peoria, Illinois, Ron? Well, about 75 or 80 miles uh, north uh, west. Basically, I think that's about right. Right. I think another thing on our wish list, we talked to uh, Jim and Marion Jordan's granddaughter, Janice, mm -hmm. last year, and she thinks her cousin uh, would be another good guest. So that's something we should put on our wish list, Patricia. Yes, I, I will get in touch with Janice and ask her for some contact information. Yeah. 
And that would be good because she specifically mentioned that. Uh-huh. Janice thought that she wouldn't have anything to share, and we had an hour and a half with her of not sharing. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you she could. She was just wonderful. Well, that's great. Yeah, she she really was. So, so what have you been up to? Well, I've been uh, I, I've been uh, listening to, listening to stuff around here, and last night um, we enjoyed some mutual radio theaters. That was kind of fun. I think of um, all I think of all the new time radio in the last fifty. I think that's the best of the. Uh, I have to agree with you. You know, I really do. Yeah, I think they're well done, and the concept of of a different uh, theme each night of the five nights a week was 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 just incredible. And of course, you've got Elliot Lewis doing this. Yeah, that's right. You can't miss with that. <laughs> um, which reminds and, and me, we have to start the, uh, taking votes. The tonight. sources that I have on these are stereo, which is kind of interesting. That's true. Oh, Patrick made a good point. Everybody, we got, what we got, seven weeks left of our, our, our show on Thursday night, everybody. The show that we run Thursday night at 10 o'clock Eastern or 7 o'clock the Six Shooter, the whole 39 episodes will be done. So we need to pick another show to replace that. So hmm. any, We have two nominations for Escape. Escape. Ron, you want to throw something in the hat? What, what series... Once the six shooter runs out in about two months, what do you think we should replace it with? Well, Fort Laramie might. Are you, you want a short one? No, uh, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever is, okay. whatever okay. you think would be a good show. Okay, so we got nominations for Thursday nights, right? Uh huh. Um, nominations Thursday. Are, are we supposed to do the whole the whole week? We can do the whole week, sure. Yeah, you know, we can might as well start. We we might as well review, review everybody what's on the calendar. Oh, and, okay, and, got... and and you can keep it the way it is, everybody. We just got to find something to replace the six-shooter once it runs out in about two months. Okay. Gunsmoke is on Monday. What's Tuesday? Amos and Andy. Oh, yeah. All right. And Wednesday? The Family Theater. Right. Thank you. And Thursday is Six Shooter, yeah. which has to be replaced no matter what. Friday night's the night. I, I'm, I'm really anxious. Yeah, yeah, I that, not getting that, it. Yeah, that's Friday, that. I, I want to keep my job. Can I please keep my job? <laughs> You're going to have to campaign for it really hard, Patricia. I know. I mean, I <laughs> the last time I was just, oh, please don't fire me. Please. Oh, don't my. Well, I, okay, I so. I tend to lean toward dramatic shows myself. I really do. And um, So what do you think would be a good one to put in on for Thursday, then? Well, you've already we've got, got, fam- well, we've got Family hey. Theater on Wednesday. Um, and we've got a Cowboy on Monday. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got a Cowboy on Monday. But I don't know if you would want another Cowboy on, two- on Thursday or not. I mean, you've got one now. Right. We've got one now. And we have a nomination for Escape. Yep. Two people have already asked for that. Yeah. Okay. So Thursday. Escape um, times two. I wish we had enough. Is there, how much romance is there out there? There's quite a few. I'd like to have them. All right. Romance. No. I mean, soap operas, right? No. It's a, uh, romance. It's, it's a 30-minute weekly show. On CBS. On CBS in the late 40s, early 50s. Oh, that's the name of the show. Yes. Yes, that's the name of the show, Romance. Romance. Oh, boy, I learned so much from you guys. Romance. Uh, okay. I thought you were talking about a genre. Romance. Okay. Well, it, something. It, yeah. Yeah, maybe. It, oh, okay. it's closer, doesn't it? 
Bill Conrad started in a lot of those. Everybody. He did? Yeah. Actually, uh, so did John Daner. John yeah. Daner was in one that was very, very famous, uh, which was Wild Jack Rhett. Uh-huh. Uh, no, that wasn't right. No, well, Conrad was in the one I'm thinking about, and that was Tecosa. And Virginia Gray did a bunch of them, and... Were they really romantic type stuff? No, not necessarily. No, they no. weren't. It was kind of a, 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 a misnomer, kind of, mm -hmm. I think. Some of them were. Well, why did they have it? Well, they even had they even had a show. They even had a show that we recreated reps about pirates, Patricia. Are are these half hour shows? Yes, they're yes. half hour shows. Night nurse, we could go ten years with this. <laughs> I mean, let me just count up the list. Let me count the ways here. Hold on. Uh oh. Um, the ones that I can lay my hands on at the moment. Don't go away. Table. Tools. Word count. Um, paragraphs. Uh, 180. Holy cow. Are available. Mm -hmm. I mean, cow. and there might be more, but um, that's, that's what I great. Did. I didn't there were that many. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a nomination for that because I think that would be fascinating. All right. All right, you got it. Romance is there. And that okay. one's from Ron. Okay. Ron in Illinois. Okay, we can do that. Um, Escape was from Jim and who else? I think Kurt. Kurt? I think Kurt, Kurt? might have talked to yeah. them. Yeah. I think so. Okay. All right. We got that. Cool. Are you ready for a question, if I can find one? I'm ready. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys just go through this. <laughs> so painful. Oh, and by the way, everybody, tomorrow night guest is Barbara Schwartz, the head of the Vic and Save fan club. And she'll be on at uh, 10.30 Eastern, so you'll get to learn about Vic and Save tomorrow night. Well, while you're, while you're looking this up, Patricia, I'm going to make a comment about Vic and Faye. Yeah. And I don't know if I commented on this before or not, but Vic and Faye, to me, is something you either can't get enough of or you don't want to get any of it. <laughs> and, and, am I right? Yes. You've said that you're absolutely right. I've said that. You either love it or hate it. There's not anything. And I, and I belong to the hate it club. I really do. I just cannot see. <laughs> I can't do it. No, and... No, and um Ray in Chicago is one of the biggest fans and the greatest proponent of Vic and Sage. I mean, he, he just, he, I, I mean, it is probably in his top two. Wow. And I know there are Louis. other people out there who really like it. Our, friend Louis, our friend Louis from Maine, he loves Vic and Sage. He loves it. We, That's right. He yeah. asked for it. Mm -hmm. But you I would think, think that right, I would um, because I, I love the references to all the little towns in Illinois in it. Mm-hmm. That, I think, I find very fascinating. There's a butt coming. <laughs> yeah. I know there's a butt coming. <laughs> but I don't like it. Okay, here you go. Okay. Which old-time radio show was an anthology of true stories about the Old West? And it ran on radio and TV, and it was hosted for a time by our future president, Ronald Reagan. Oh, that might be Death Valley Days. That might be absolutely correct. Oh, right. That was a, that was, I pulled that one out of the air. I really did. I almost didn't you get really? there. 
I got to tell you, uh, because you, you, I don't have that many of them. I don't think there's that many out there. There must not be, because I don't have very many. Because like it was on the radio for like 20 years, and I don't, I only have already had about two. And I don't think... Oh, gosh, I, I found something one time, and I know that somewhere uh, in my files, and as soon as I get hooked up with my... Um, external DVD drive here, I'll, I'll be able to start going through some of the unusual shows, but I've only got a couple. I only found, I may have found three or four, but not more than that. There, aren't, there can't be that many, because I've, I've heard that over the years, that there are, there are not that many that have uh, survived. And that's really, that is such a shame. You remember the sponsor? You remember the sponsor? I, think, I don't know yeah. if it's just yeah. radio oh, or TV. Me. Yeah. All right, Patricia, you, hey, you got your hand first. All right, go 20 ahead. 20 Mule Team Borat. Yes. Correct. <laughs> oh, am I hot tonight? You're good. You're hot. You're on a roll. Anymore. <laughs> You're on a roll. Don't so don't the next question is, do they even still make 20 Team Mule Borat today? <laughs> What did he say? Do they still make it? Do they still make it? Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. 20 mule team. There are 20 mules in the team. 20 mule team. I do believe they still make borax. I don't know if they call it 20 mule team. Do you know? I remember hearing ads about it on TV in the late 50s and early 60s. And I'm not a TV person, so I just absorbed it. Well, that's why it's a stuff for Patricia. Team Borat. It's like, right. It goes I'm under. Here. It goes under stuff like that there. Yeah, that. That's it. <laughs> that was funny. Stuff like yes, that. Yes, it there. was. Okay, twenty mule team Borax. Let's see what's here. Boo, 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 boo. Soap. Save fifteen percent. Three dollars and twenty nine cents. Um, you can get. It has, oh, it's laundry, um, natural borax. Oh, you got all sorts of flavors here. Yes, oh, you can wow. buy 20 Mule Team Borax. See, I think that's the thing that I find so fascinating about about uh, about saying that. we it, You can go anywhere on this thing, and it's just so fascinating <laughs> to hear all the all, all this come about, uh, the, 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 the way we get here from point A to point B here like this. It is so darn cool. <laughs> Yeah, we we go from A to Q without stopping in between. I love it. Yeah. So what would you like? Well, um, I, I, I'm torn between two things. First of all, I, I someday want to get the romance because I have very little, if any. But um, I also would like to know, to know, <laughs> if you have access to any Sears Radio Theater. I have very few. Oh, I got a bunch of them. Oh, can I? <laughs> may I, Mom? Can I, can I, yes, can I? you may. <laughs> I, I would be happy to do that. Oh, I would love that. Fears you got. Oh, well, yeah, thank I, you. And I do have much. quite a few. <laughs> and you can put the, um, you can put romance on your list for the next time. I put it on the list. How's that? Put it on the list, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> on the list. Okay. On the list. All you right. You got it. Wait, uh, thank you so much for calling in with a question. It was a great question, and I really appreciate it. It's always oh, nice so when our guests Thank you very much. And, and again, thank you for a very, both of you, for a very, very enjoyable evening. Thank you, Ron. All right. We'll talk, we'll talk to you maybe later. Sounds wonderful. All right.
Gary Chewell. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Walden. 714-545-2071. I'm going to put in a secret in here right now, everybody. Ruh-roh. I'm not going to be on next weekend. So. Oh, that's not a secret. Well. It is. It, is. it isn't a secret now. It, it, well, it's only the family and you. Nobody yeah. else around here knows that. So I'm keeping my voice really low. So so Patricia's going to have next Saturday night off, everybody. So hello there. You're on the air. Well, so you're going to have a night off. I, yes. Yes. It would be a secret. <clears throat> well, I'll have, Patricia, you, you explain to the family because that way nobody hears me. Why? Why I'm have to have this? Oh, oh! Nobody's listening. You sure? Well, they they can hear my voice and probably not yours. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Walden's mom and dad will be celebrating their fiftieth wedding anniversary next weekend, and Walden. Yeah, let's all go. Yeah, I think so too. But it's got to be a surprise because Walden has relatives coming in on Saturday as a surprise, and they're they've got this engineered that they're going to take their Walden and his brother are going to take mom and dad out to a restaurant, but the relatives are going to be at the restaurant when they get there. So it really is a big celebration, and we are well, allowing Walden to take time off with his family, and that means I get a night off, too. Well, I guess, Patricia, you and I better call each other up and cry in our milk or something. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would we do that? You well, know, because we couldn't go to the party. Oh. So oh, so I guess, yeah, after. After the party, we could call them and whine. There you go, and we'll all cry and so We wanted yes. to come. Yes, and that's we weren't okay, invited. Unfortunately, I was out to dinner, and I missed your guest. But I know you had somebody from Fibromagy and Molly. And yes, and guess who I'm going to call on Monday? I don't care. I don't want to know. <laughs> you always want to throw names at So there. I made me... Jealous and frustrated. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm calling. I'm calling Shirley Mitchell on Monday. Hey, here we go. Yeah. So uh, Shirley's doing good. So I'm gonna book on the show. Yeah. So people have been asking about Shirley, and uh, so we're busy working on the Spurvac convention. So I'm gonna see what Shirley likes to do this year. So. She is a fun lady, and I got my CDs. Thank you, Ron. I, Walden, I was going to put this in as a Stump Walden question, but I couldn't find any information about it. We came this way. Do you know anything about that? Not a thing. Not a clue. Okay, Ron, it's, what is it? It's an NBC production. Yeah. And um, it was taken from the NBC University, whatever, and and uh, they had several programs called We Came, we came This Way. It's from 1945, according to what you wrote on the CD. Yeah. So I guess it has to do with the end of the war? Something like that, yeah. Like the liberation of, of the camps or something like that? <laughs> I could well, it sounds interesting. I should have stuck with Walden and said, tell me everything you know about it. And he would say, I don't know anything. And I would That's say, right. I don't know either. Yeah. 
Well, they were on my external hard drive, so. Well, I that's great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And the quality is good, so. And then the CBS World News Roundup, I thought the quality is pretty good, too, so. That's, that's great. Yeah. He sent me a bunch of that. Let me see him. You got what the Penny you... Singleton show, which is. <clears throat> uh-huh. You got. Um... You got eight of those. And then you, so the and people <laughs> who wanted them, wanted those. You can probably send them to the to them eventually. Who, who does all the beautiful lettering on these CDs? I, okay, my mother has a caregiver, and my caregiver she comes in five days a week. Uh huh. She likes she likes to write. She likes to art pictures and stuff. So she well, writes these things on. Would you tell her, please, that I appreciate it? Walden, I got a, a Halloween CD one time, and it's got all spooky-type lettering on it. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, really, it's just so cool. Oh, wow. So, uh, I do Monday when I... When yeah, I, please do. I've been meaning to ask you about that. Her name is Judy, and she's, she's a very nice person. And she... she she, um, you should just show it, told Patricia. I guess it's one of my many uh, talents, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> what did you you should have just told me that you do it. Me, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's right, what right, uh, right. Walden said. I should have. That's right, I should. I should have taken the credit. For you. <laughs> <laughs> and you have been so impressed. You do <laughs> magical stuff. Okay, we're taking nominations. Thursday has to be replaced. I vote for me as president and you as treasurer. No, I don't trust you with money. I'll vote. Well, Walden, I don't trust Walden with treasurer. I guess I'll be the treasurer. Also. You're going to be treasurer and president. Yeah, there you go. Now, we'll see what, what are we, oh, I know. What programs do I want? We have to replace. Thursday? Well, we've got Gunsmoke, Amos and Andy, Family Theater, the Six Shooter on Thursday, which has to be replaced, and the Awful Shows on Friday. Okay, the Six Shooter is so, running out in about two months. The Six Shooter is going to disappear because there, there was only that one run. So we need to replace the Six Shooter, and we've got two votes for Escape and one for a show named Romance that I knew nothing about. How about Frontier Gentlemen? Ooh. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, that's that's a great show. Frontier Gentleman is up there and nominated. You know, I think I think uh, John Daner, he did such a good job in both Gun Have Gun Road Travel and Frontier Gentleman. Oh, you and I think alike on that one. I, in fact, John Daner on Gunsmoke was very good. I mean, he is actually. Fabulous. John. You and I are together on that one. Okay, before I hang up, um, Patricia, will you send me an email and let me know um, how far back you go with Amos and Andy? Um, oh, you asked me that. Sure, I would be happy to do that. Oh, right. I have a John Dana trivia question out here. Good. Okay. Yes. I have two Hi. John Dana fans hosting and many on the air. My, my trivia question to everybody... What role did he have on a comedy show in radio? Ooh, I know. Ooh, I, oh, shucks. Oh. oh, my God. In fact, I, I, I think I heard one of them mm -hmm. when I was 
comedy game. Yep, with the comedy show. At least I call it comedy. Maybe sort of a light, like it's a What's light that? drama. Oh wait a minute! Hey, wait, Halls of Ivy? Nope. Oh, oh. But it has that feel. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh. What do I get? <laughs> oh. Ron, you're on your own. I, I I I said stop after my one question, and you didn't stop. And I'll Wait, give us the answer. I don't know. I'm gonna leave that out to people. That way, it drives them nuts. They have, have to call. Step too late. I, I know. Late. Well, you can email Patricia. You can email. Okay, I'll I got leave. note I'll to leave. me. How far back do my Amos and Andy's go? All hey. right, I'm gonna hang up because you guys. Are, I know there's a lot of people that want to call, so I will. Um, I'm glad you got the ponies. Um, you're taking care of the ponies. While I'm taking good them. care of them. Were there any boxes in the mail besides wrong stuff, Patricia? No. Uh. And I kind of, you know what? I didn't go into the office. The <laughs> office was closed. I'll bet <laughs> they've got fine. some in there. Well, Mom worked for a week, so she might slow down. You never know. I'll bet there's something in there. Mm, I brought two you know, more um, I'm glad that um, you guys are going to have a dinner with your mom and dad for their 50th anniversary. Yeah, 50 well, years. How many people are going to be there, roughly? Um, well, it will be... It will be uh, 10 people. And, oh, Ron, there's plenty of room oh, for yeah. us. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it 12. Yeah, well, they asked for, they, <clears throat> mom and dad asked for no surprises, but this was already, <laughs> this was already done before they asked me that, so I couldn't say, well. You're doomed. <laughs> when I ask for no surprises, I'm serious about this. Well, see, I've done two already. I, we did one for my dad for his 50th birthday party and one for my mom, so. There you go. Anybody has any secrets? I'll tell you the big story about my dad's death your birthday party. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we had to figure a way to get him out of the house. And But the problem was, the front bathroom, the toilet needed to be fixed. It was not bolted down. Because it's the, and my dad's a master plumber, but my dad put it <laughs> off. So... Our neighbor window said, hey, Phil, let me come over and help you. I live in a neighborhood that the neighbors get together and help each other. And so he went with dad to the hardware store and this there. And then and one of our cousins went and took my dad out for the afternoon. That way we could set it up for over 50 people to show up. And he was surprised when he got home, you know. So it, it was, but... And after digging around in the toilet, I'll bet he was surprised. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> let, me, let me shake hands with you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, that poor man. Yeah. So, yes. By the way, you know that Abbott and Costello thing that you guys had just before you came on the air and I had to run for dinner? That was so funny. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were listening to it, but the model, the dialogue was so funny. We're going to do a, they said, we're going to do a, a mystery, uh, a drama, Span, Sam Shovel. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And then they got, and they put, oh, this guy got shot. They went to, well, what happened? Oh, I, I think some of my ribs are broken, 
and my back, my back, I think my back is broken, and I, I think I got wounded on the arm also, and <laughs> and they go, are you in pain? <laughs> you in pain? <laughs> that, that, I mean, the monologue was, the dialogue was, so, and then, and Castell said, oh, you know, Abbott, I had a girlfriend, and we broke up because she, um, we got into an argument about mustaches, and then Abbott said, did, did she want you to shave yours off? He said, no, I want her to shave hers. <laughs> and I, that was, the dialogue was just so funny. It was just incredibly you know, funny. It sounds good. Now, Dan in Indiana, I'm sure it was Dan, who sends me out on different searches, he asked for the Sam Shovel shows from Abbott and Costello, and I did find some for him. If I can oh, find some, do you want them? Yeah, if you find them, yeah. Sam, the ABC, don't get all excited about this now. It's during the ABC radio run around 47 or 48. It's one 47 and 48. Yeah. I did find them, though. Yeah. I did good. They're funny. They're funny. But anyway, okay, I'm going to let you guys go. But keep it up. I'll be awake. I want to hear the answer about John Daner. And John Daner. Okay. You will keep that oh. until somebody can figure that out. All right. So all right. if I don't talk to you before Saturday, wish your mom and dad a happy anniversary I will. from somebody from Hawaii. I will do that. Okay. I will do that. Aloha. 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 There he goes. Well, do a cartoon series called Top Cat. Which is... Top Cat? No joke? Top Cat's good. Well, yeah, well, we interviewed one of the actors, one of the main stars of that, just before the show tonight. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what are we doing here? Yeah. So, yeah. My, so my question is, the, the stars of the two of the stars of the cartoon Top Cat, who two, two main radio personalities? Can you name oh. them? No, so, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So I'll leave that out as another trivia question. Hello there. I know you're... Top Cat, though. Hello there. You're on air. What about Top Cat? Okay. Uh, this evening, before I did a live show, I sat down and John Larry and I did a great interview with one of the radio actors who worked on the show. He was one of the two main stars of Top Cat. So my question is, can you guys figure out who are the two radio stars that were featured in... Top Cat, the cartoon series. No. One famous from New York. Uh, the other one, if you ever saw the TV series Alice, you would recognize the other one. So I'll just leave that out for people to think about. Oh, the uh, the guy who was the cook on Alice? Um, no. I'm trying to think what part he played in Alice. I think it was some other part. Because it was Alice, Flo, mm -hmm. Alice's son, and um, and the cook. That was the... Okay, so who was the name of the cook? Mel. <laughs> yeah, it was Mel. Right, but yeah, the, 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 the actor... I can't think of his real name. Okay. <clears throat> he died about five or six years ago. Well, this guy's still alive, and he was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an interview with him. <laughs> I just did the interview with him today. He was the main All one right, of the main. So I have to, I have to go and look for Alice here. No, I, I shouldn't, should I? No, you should. And, and he's also was in a great Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn movie. He was discovered by Catherine Hepburn. 
And uh, he was discovered by mm-hmm. Catherine Hepburn. Yes. How about that? I M D B. Let's see here. Well, that was amazing. And he was in the. Uh, he was in. Uh, we've been nominated the last two weeks. He was one of the main two stars in one of the radio awful shows. Meet Meet Millie. <laughs> We're going to have one of them. All right, we've got Linda Lavin, Beth Howland. Oh, I remember she's she's got kind of a dopey. Did she ever get anything other than a role that, that made her sound dopey? Vic Tabak was Mel Sharples, and he... He died in uh, 90. He died in 90. Philip McKeon, Polly Holiday. Celia Weston, Marvin yes, Kaplan. Yes, that's who we talked to today. Marvin, and he was Henry. I don't recognize Henry. He was there from 77 to 85, which I was, the most people recognize him. He was also one of the two top cats in the cartoons. He was her boyfriend. Alice's boyfriend? Left couple episodes, or uh, last season. Okay. All right. I'll trust you. I, I will trust you. That show, according Marvin, to this, hold on, the show was Marvin on uh, for 85, let's see, 76, 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, and 85. Now, that is a Darn long run for a stupid show. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> he was also in the movie It's a Mad, Mad World. Really? Yes, he was the other guy who, if you remember Giants and Winters, uh, he was the other guy working with Giants and Winters. Oh. And, uh, he was the one with the thick glasses. Yeah. Okay. And, that's Marvin. That's Marvin. So Marvin, we. Yeah. In, we he was the electrician. Correct. He was an electrician, or, yeah, he was an electrician. So oh, what God. did he do on radio, Walden? He was the poet on Meet Millie. He was Millie's boyfriend. Millie's boyfriend. Okay, so I have to, I have to, oh, and dear. He's <laughs> <laughs> nominated for the awful stuff. Right, and so he's one of the two top cats. So you guys he can look up. And so you can look up the other famous voice of Top Cat. Who just, oh, I, who I just put, passed away here about two, three years ago? Mm, top cat. Top, top cat. cat. Hold on. I've got to see top cat. Can top I, cat? I'm trying to remember top if I ever cat. saw top cat as a kid. You know, it came out in 1960, it said, when I was looking at the Wikipedia page. But I don't, 50, 50 six, or 60? 6-0. 6-0, okay. Um, top cat. PC, he was the main character. Mm-hmm. Benny the Bell. Ball, Benny the Ball, Choo Choo, Brain, Fancy Fancy, Spook, Officer Charles Dibble. He was the police officer. Officer Dibble. All right, we've got Alan Jenkins, Arnold Stang. Arnold Stang, the one I'm thinking of. Oh, gosh. Is he still with us? No, he's gone now. Hmm. He was Henry Morgan's right-hand man on the Henry Morgan show. When was the Henry Morgan show on? 47. 48. Oh, radio. Okay, yeah. I'm so sorry. I thought you were talking television. No, radio. 
Yeah. Radio. Okay. Wow. Okay. Arnold Stang. And he did one of the cats. Mm-hmm. I'll be darned. So, um, Officer Dibble, Arnold Stang. Nice. Marvin Kaplan did Choo Choo. Yep. Jerry. Character Choo Choo. And Top Cat was Arnold Stang. I'll be darned. I'm trying to remember, was that always run on the rerun, guys? I don't remember, think I remember it. I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall seeing this on reruns. Yeah. Which Top doesn't mean on. anything. I mean, they've, they've garbaged up our cartoon station so off, I, it's just terrible. Yeah. There's no when, such thing as a Goofy or the Mickey anymore. When started out, Top Cat was on for a little bit. Uh-huh. But uh, in the last six years, Cartoon Network is just, it's, it's all crap now. Wow. Is, is there ever any picnic basket there? <laughs> Yogi on a picnic basket. Is Yogi on there? Just go out and buy the, the good old shows. And... Yogi the Yogi. Yogi's not there, huh? Hello, boo-boo. No, hey, boo-boo there. No, none, of the, none of the ones from the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, those cartoons are gone. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. What are we doing to our kids? That's terrible. Well, Marvin was talking about that today. Case me, if you're ever doing you know, cartoons and voiceover, uh -huh. and he and June were talking, and now it's gotten to the point they, they're hiring movie stars to do the cartoons, and they're paying them a million bucks. And they said they're not as good. Well, why? What difference would it make? I know. I mean, That's what... who cares? <laughs> I mean, you see these... Who cares? <laughs> And, and that's why they're thinking, like, that's why for the voice actors, the, the, a lot of the work is being disappeared. Oh, man. They need us, Walden. <laughs> you know what? We have, we have to go out and, and, and do like Bob does and, and be representatives and and managers and promoters and stuff. Yeah. Cartoons. Cartoons, yes. I think cart cartoons are underrated. <laughs> What's your favorite cartoon series of all time, Gary? What What is your oh, favorite? Oh God, um, it's a toss-up between the Flintstones and um, Yogi Bear. Okay, Patricia. Pick, pick me, pick Patricia. Me. Yeah. What would you put in? Roadrunner. That's a great one. Baby, <laughs> <laughs> Acme got all fired. the business. Maybe that's that's good. I I like Roadrunner. Did okay. Wiley Coyote ever catch him? No. Would have been the end of the show. There have been some parodies of it where Wiley has caught him, but in the the actual Roadrunner shows, never. Roadrunner cartoons? No way. You know, doesn't it seem to me when we were kids? The mix of cartoons that we would watch. For me in California, we uh -huh. got we got them when we came home from school. So like from three oh, yeah. to five, three to five. Yeah. And I think Patricia, you were telling me you got them Saturday morning. In Saturday morning. Saturday morning. They may have been on after school. We weren't allowed to watch telly after school. And so, I see. I think the most popular one, at least the one that always seemed to be in the reruns, were Bugs and, Por and Porky Pit. 
No, it seemed like. And you got I, them on television? Yeah, I got. Really? I got those. Ooh. Those were the ones that were super duper shown all the time. And then we got uh-huh. the wily e. coyotes and the roadrunners yeah. and all those sprinkled in. Yeah. But it seemed like. Now, Bugs, Bugsy is, I think, Warner Brothers. Is that correct? I think so. And what is Roadrunner? I think that's Hanna-Barbera, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Hanna-Barbera is up to the simplistic stuff. And Roadrunner is a pretty complex... Oh, you know what, guys? I think we forgot one that we all love. Boo-boo. What? Rocky. (gasps) Rocky. Oh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. Whoa! Yeah, I have yeah. I have that entire series on videotape. Yeah, but I gotta get that on CD. I'm gonna be calling June on Monday too, just to see what she wants to do at the Spurvac convention. You know, she's still heavily working. Bless hey, her heart. You know, here she's gonna be 96 in September. You know, last year, uh, she had to cancel because she was working on her birthday. At Warner Brothers Studio, so we had to, <laughs> <laughs> so we had a reschedule. So we did it at seven in the morning, you know, before she went off to work. That's cute, <laughs> Okay, it was a Chuck Jones cartoon. That's right, Chuck Jones. And Mel Blanc. Good stuff. Oh, it's nice to know Mel was there. Okay, are you ready for our theme this week? Yes. You have to say yes. (laughs) You're not going to give him a choice? No. You have to say yes for the theme, of course. He doesn't have to answer, but he has to say yes, I can give it to him. All right. This week. I beg your pardon? He's going to say yes. Yes, I want the theme. There you go. There you go. Okay. That doesn't get you anything, but at least you're cooperative. Okay. All right. This week, the first week of August, is Simplify Your Life Week. August is Admit Your Happy Month, Family Fun Month, National Catfish Month, National Golf Month, Peach Month, Romance Awareness Month, Water Quality Month, and National Picnic Month. Now, which of those would you like to talk about? <laughs> That'll work. You want to go to a question now? All right, this is Admit Your Happy Month. This is a good one. Tell me one uh, thing, yeah. one thing in life you're happy. happy. One thing in life you're happy about. I'm not six feet under. There you go. That's life. That was a good one, Walden. You were supposed to laugh. I, I think I was saying that. There you go. I, I, I gave you a smile. Okay. Thank I, you. I gave you a smile. Oh, thank you. Okay. So that means we get to go to... Let me see here. We've got... Um, I have some some questions here. This is good. This is good. Where was the Western Fort Laramie set? 
Fort Laramie. Very good. <laughs> you thought that was a trick question. Where is Fort Laramie? What state? I know. I know. Uh, Ten, nine, I know. eight, I know. seven, it's in, six, the mid it's in the Midwest, Jerry. Uh, yeah, go, yeah, Alden, I, where is I it? I want to say it uh, was... Uh, yes. Um, yes. Oh, like Kansas. Yes, you got it right. I've got Wyoming. I'm flipping through the states. Which you I think it's wanted. Wyoming? I always thought it was Kansas. Um, hold on. Fort Laramie. Could be right. I always thought it was Kansas. Let's see. Fort Laramie in Wyoming. Yeah. How about that? Wow, okay. Oh, it Fort is Laramie is in Wyoming. Goshen County, Wyoming. Okay. Land of Goshen. So my next question is, how big was Dodge City? Oh, I will say that's in Kansas. Right. So I wonder how big is Dodge City today? Well, let's today see. Today yeah. is, um, oh, I just looked that up. It's uh, a little bit. Uh, you think it's like 10,000 people, or what do you think? Oh, uh, no, oh, it's I'll close to 500,000. Wow. Let's yeah, it's a pretty good-sized city now. Wow. Um, it is a city of 2010 census, 27,340 people. That's a lot. It's no bigger than the town I live in? <laughs> I guess not. How about that? That's not very many people. I so, wonder how big it is. So how big is Laramie, Wyoming? Laramie is pretty... Well, the whole state of Wyoming, the whole 400,000 people live in Wyoming, so it can't be that big. Oh, fort Laramie was... I mean, it really was a fort, so let me see. Yeah, well, fort I'm thinking Laramie, Laramie Wyoming. Um, fort Laramie. Let's see. Where the rivers match. Um, pop. Population. Let's see here. Population. Huh? Don't go away. Area. 833 acres. Got visitors. A visitor count. Let's see. Does this mean um, popular culture? <laughs> no. Um, we've got culture. We don't have, for heaven's sake, it's Fort Laramie population. It must, it's on the National Historic Register. I wonder if it's just mm -hmm. a site that you visit. National Historic Site. Well, while she's looking that up, Walden, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to put down on my list, yeah. change Friday night to sci-fi night. You want sci-fi night? From, oh, On Friday? Oh, you want man. to replace the awful shows? Who do you want to be the host? <laughs> no, not, I was joking. Oh. On Friday night to stay. You know, Gary, you almost broke my cohort heart. I know, I was I was being mean. I, over, I just... I she, she's dying to weep. I, I she's did. dying to Sorry, weep. I did it. I'm crying. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. Oh. <sighs> so, well, to get you back in a good graces, what you propose on Thursday? Um, 
Let's do sci-fi shows. Okay. Let's do some kind of a sci-fi show. Any any particular um, one, or you want like a variety sci-fi, or you want maybe a variety. Okay. I like Friday night. Okay. You want a variety hmm. sci-fi. He wants a yeah. variety show. Uh, okay, variety. Variety sci-fi. We keep that busy for, uh, you know, a couple of months that oh, way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Variety from Gary. All right, this is good. Now, what would you like? Your very own, very personal stuff. For, for your, your envelope. Oh, for my envelope? Uh-huh. We've got one more Gunsmoke. We've got Gunsmoke okay. 11, which has got interviews and pictures and stuff like that there. You want number 11? Um, yeah. You sound thrilled. I was don't get, don't get excited, man. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> um, Do you have Tom Corbett's bacon yet? yet? I have to look at my... Considering we had the st one of the stars on last night, you know. I didn't. I didn't send you Tom Corbett. I sent you X minus one, and Journey into Space, and it looks a uh, two thousand plus, and Ray Bradbury, and those are the only sci-fi that I have that you got. Right. Yeah. Because. Um I know I I listened to Tom Corbett. I was I think I was listening to that off of uh, podcast on uh, iTunes. Um, you know, these guys take longer to figure out what they want than it does to figure out the answer to a question. You know, you know this. If this was food, they would starve. They might. I know because you and I would have it all eaten. <laughs> Hey, boo-boo, we know what to put in a picnic. Well. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get, finish off Gunsmoke. Okay. That, that number and, 11 uh, is the last one. Gunsmoke then, 11. You've got it. And then we can start on a new series. Yep. All right. Well, you have yourself a wonderful ready. week and behave yourself, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've been... We've been Kicking it around 75. Not bad. 70, 75. That's acceptable. Dropping Not down. Not great, but acceptable. So, Compared to what actually, you did last this, week, this, I think it's wonderful. Uh, well, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we had that, uh, we had three days that we went above 85 degrees, and uh, that was the hottest time this whole year. And, uh, okay. I haven't, jeez, I haven't even turned the air conditioner on for, uh, but it's, well, since those those three days, I, have, I haven't turned the air conditioner on, so saving us some electricity. <laughs> I guess. Air conditioners cost a lot to run. So. All right, well, you have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you for the Variety Good. Show nomination. And okay. we'll talk to you later. And we definitely need to keep sci uh, I mean, Friday as as is. Shows. Okay. You just you just want to affirm that, huh? Affirm uh -huh. that. Yeah. I mean, just okay. I feel honesty. better. Whimper. I feel better. <laughs> if we have to scr scratch it on with a welding torch on metal and then put it in concrete, Friday night Thank you. is awful shows. Oh man. 
All right. We're, I can, can deal with that. It. We can do it. All right. Bye now. Bye. Hey, thanks, Gary. Bye-bye. Oh, hi. Right. That was Gary from Wisconsin. 714-545-2071. Hello there. You're on there. Uh, yes, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Hello. Are you voting? Uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I just got back up and I just heard your last caller. Um, of course, I, I think that the um, the awful shows is a much too valuable tradition to lose. Yeah, yeah. It's... Oh, thank you. <laughs> My job is safe. Thank you. <laughs> Well, see, it's always a surprise because you never know what you're going to get. That's so, true. so we can account for the other four nights, but I mean, <laughs> that fifth night, you never know what it's going to be, and the choices are Just always surprise party night. And I like, it. I think it's great. I don't know, I, I, I don't really, I, you know, because most of the most of the series that 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 I would choose, you know. I've heard most of, and so it really, I would leave it up to the other people. But if you were going to help introduce something to the listening family, what would you recommend? I might recommend yeah, because, Whistler. Because you've heard the shows, you'd be a good one you to can nominate. make a good choice. Yeah, I might recommend Whistler. Okay. I like Oh, okay. And, and there's a lot of them. Okay, Whistler. Way, I don't know. If, I don't know if you like the Whistler radio show, but the the uh, Whistler um, archive material from OTRR uh -huh. has Whistler TV shows on it on the later discs. Oh, so you can actually see how they ended up putting it on TV. All right. There's also a, a, mo a movie series too. There was, yeah, I was, I, I was actually kind of surprised they didn't put some of the movies because I know that they exist. I've, I think I've seen some of the movies. Um, oh, and by the way, my favorite um, uh, cartoon series yeah. would have to be Rocky and Bullwinkle. There you go. Good old Rocky and Bullwinkle. Shame on me for not I mean, thinking of that just, first. I mean, even... It's one of the few show. It's one of the few cartoon shows that that uh, even even without sight, there's there's but, there's funny stuff and yes, there's uh -huh. that you but, miss. And, but and, but last week, my dad came into my into the uh, front party and said, "I think June's going to be upset." And I asked why. I guess in front of the Warner Brothers studio for the last fifty some odd years, they had little statues of. Uh, the moose and the squirrel. Uh huh. They took them down. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Are they crazy? They might be. Give me their phone number. <laughs> That's weird. I don't. I... <laughs> so we need to look at maybe you want to find an article about it. I mean, if it made the put. Oh! You know? Yeah, that's. I don't understand. You know. They must want to replay you with some current whatever, huh? I was. By Boy, the, oh, you mess around with the moose and squirrel. You're messing with me. <laughs> You're messing with a lot of people. I know. I mean, because because that was one of the main the main baby boomer shows. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, was Rocky and Bullwinkle. Was it on just for the one? How long was it on, guys? Was it on for oh, long three, time. three years maybe? It was on for longer than that, I think. Well, let's see. 
Hold on. Rocky and Bullwinkle. I thought it was... Ken Roth has sent me... Uh, they've, they've been replaying at different times, and they were replaying up in his neck of the woods, and he recorded from television the series, and I've got all of these wonderful videos to watch on the computer. It's Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. By the way, I've got to tell you why I didn't get to call in last week. Yeah. Um, I was... I joined a new list and I was trying to get I was trying to scare up new callers for the show Aww. so I so I sent an email into the list and I said and I told them a few days before about the show when it was on and and to call in and then I then I wrote a note on Saturday morning and I said I said you know if uh, you guys you know we we would like some new callers so so, you know, drop by yesterday, USA, you know, 7.30 Pacific Daylight Time, uh, you know, Saturday night. And so I started to, to, uh, to not call in on, on Saturday because I was going to wait in case we got some new callers. Well, then I ended up falling asleep in the chair, and the next thing I know it's 11.30. We do that to people sometimes. And then I was too tired. To, to actually call in, and so I didn't get to call in. Uh, didn't get to call in last week, and you didn't get any new callers. So I sent another note in today, and um, uh, I, you know nobody called in. But you had that very interesting interview on Fibber McGee and Molly, and and. Um, and so. thank you for calling in. That was that was nice but of I, you. Yeah, I that. really think I, I think. Like I said, that's the only thing that I can think of that people, you know, think that 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 the closet is so synonymous that they 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 way over uh, exaggerate how many mm -hmm. times it was done. Yeah, it was probably the strongest recurring gag that they did, so yes. it would be the most memorable for people. They would remember it first. Yes. Yes. I mean, I knew about Fibber's Closet before I knew what Fibber's Closet was. Oh, yeah. I think I did, too. I think, yeah. I mean, I think, you know. Yeah, think family family talked about Fibber McGee's Closet all the time, and I had no clue what they were talking about. You know, I think of, I think there's probably a handful of things from old-time radio that most likely have crossed generation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, sure. Ooh, pick me, pick okay, me. Okay, and I can think of three. Right I wish I had the ability to tape from, you know, record from yeah. TV. I'm going to have to get a DVD player. But they had a show on tonight that spent the entire time talking about expressions that we have in the United States and where they came from. Mm -hmm. And number two, the second one that they addressed were that, you know, words that had become part of our language, the second one was gangbusters. Yep. And they got it right that it came out of radio. Wow. I loved it. Wow. It was yeah. really cool. I mean, they had, you know, a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of baloney. They had the origins of that. It was really a great show. But gangbusters was there at the end. Everybody else can talk now. I think yeah, but I I think there's some things they have to get right, you know. But I I think there's three other things besides gangbusters. I think crosses generations. Well, what, what would you nominate? 
that crawl. Well, I would say the shadow. Yeah, that, um, that's on my the list. The shadow knows. And Superman. Yeah, I haven't talked about that. Okay, I, I, you know, came out. Okay, good. I've got a picture of Superman on a on a cracker box. I'll have to go see why he's there. It's an awful picture, and he's in a black suit. Can you imagine Superman in a black suit? <laughs> um, let me think. Although you know what's funny is when I think of the shadow, uh, somebody did a, somebody did, and I don't know, I don't know whether it's a, whether it was whether it was Bob and Ray or whether it was Gary Owens. Because he said, because the the thing was, I'm the shadow, and I have the ability to cloud men's birds, or something like that. <laughs> and the, that had to be a Bob and Ray. <laughs> and the image, the image of clouding men's birds, struck me oh, funnier than the me. shadow itself, you know. And uh, so, and by the way, I don't know how much that Bob and Ray book is, but it must be awfully expensive because, because. Um, I know at Nostalgia Digest it was like twenty seven dollars. Wow. And books are expensive. Um so and I guess the uh the new there's a new uh, that, that new Gene Shepherd book, which basically what it is, it is a transcription of Shep's uh army stories, which I guess he had thought of doing one day when when you're which you're gonna have um we're going to have the author. We're going to have the author on yeah. on yeah. August the 16th. Yeah, you're going to have Eugene Bergman. Right. On. We're going to have Eugene Bergman on. Yeah. Yeah, and he's. I'm on the. Um, I'm on the Shep list. And uh, so the book. The book, new, um, the book comes out on the 19th, and we're going to. Um, yeah, it's already. I think. I think you can already get it through Amazon or or whatever. Um, there's a new website called Insomnia Theater. Which is, it sounds like us. Sounds like the three of us. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. They're actually playing Gene Shepard material, and I wrote Max a note to find out whether he was involved. Max Schmid a note whether he was involved in it, or whether they're just using his material because they're using a lot of his mass backwards uh, material mm. when he when he would run a, a Shep uh, show every Tuesday morning at like four in the morning. And they're running a lot of those and some of the limelight shows and stuff like that. And so, speaking of other Friday night guests, we're going to have uh, the gentleman who was a radio actor who's best known to being Sammy Davis Jr. biographer uh, on the 23rd. And then we're working on getting the, the gentleman who's going to work on the Archer Ober book on the 30th. Mm. So those are some future guests. But uh, we recorded a bunch this week. We had a terrific time. With Greg Herschel, the son, the grandson of Gene Herschel, this week, he is still working in radio up at KOMO up in Seattle. They do news, but he 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 was terrific. We recorded him this week, and we'll be writing that on a future show. I have to say that the <clears throat> that the, uh, the, the that Dr. Christian. Is that's the one that Gene Herschel was in, right? That's right. That was his show. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Christian, actually, you know what? I might suggest that show. That show is, uh, for my money, it's one of the best shows out there. Yes. Uh, we were talking with a grandson. Three famous actors all got their start from the show. Can you? Uh, three famous writers all got their start from that show. Can they want a contest? Christian? Yeah, they won a contest off that show. Huh. 
<laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I knew that's right, but I don't know who they. I, no, I can't remember because I think I remember hearing somebody. No, I can't remember who it was, but I because I remember all somebody, three are best known for the works beyond television. Can't remember because there was some that, that I was very surprised at mm -hmm. that, that wrote for the show. Yep. Because I always listen to I always I always try to remember writers and stuff. I'll and, give I'll uh, give you the three: Gene Roddenberry. Oh my. Rod Sterling. Oh my gosh. And, and Earl Hamner, the guy who created Walton TV. All got the holy cow. All got the big break on writing. Get the wow. Well, that's that's really a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I, when we were talking to his grandson, you know, today that would never happen because the way everybody's afraid of getting sued. And so trying to get, having a contest and submitting it just blindly yeah. and have it now, no. you, it would no. not work today. They don't, they, they wouldn't even open an envelope. No. no. Anything sent in cold doesn't no. get opened. No. But there, those three guys... Big Break came through the, either the Dawson Christian radio show or, or you remember uh, Gene on the TV series. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, in fact, I think My I Lord. would draw the Whistler and I would put in Dr. Christian. Okay. I don't know whether anybody else will suggest. I like that. I've been running that off my fun time. I've been going through just listening to something. I guess we Whistler off the list. Dr. Christian on. Yeah, it what? really, but it really is a good show. And, and it really does hold up. I was listening to it at the very earliest one, and there was old Gail Gordon playing the good doctor's best friend on a show. And, you know, a lot of old radio actors got big breaks in that show in the 30s. So. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's not like, I mean, you know, what, because what it's about is it's about people. Yeah. You know, Dr. Kildare is kind of a gimmicky, you know, show and 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 all that but i think mm -hmm. I, but i think the, i think dr christian uh you know is i mean basically like i said i mean it's, it's a show about people and what's it's a the name show of, about you what, know what's the name of the nurse um judy um yep yep something judy, judy something <laughs> You know, the name something really gets around. Yeah, it does. It, you'd be surprised. It's a, it's a big family. Every week we have somebody named something. I, I think one of the I think one of the the most interesting shows is the one about mother the mother. I think that's you know mm -hmm. I forget the name of it, but um, uh, I think you know that was one. It of It goes under the category stuff like that there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yep, stuff like that there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... If somebody was talking to me a minute ago, I pressed the wrong button and I missed it. Oh, that, no, we were just... We were, we were, we were holding on a piece until we you came back. We were just talking about... We were just mentioning stuff like that there. Stuff like that there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's always fun. So, and I do have one piece of bad news. Oh. Uh-oh. I think I'm going to have to go back to the dentist. Um, I have a feeling that I have some. I went I, I went to the dentist a couple, three weeks ago and uh, had my teeth cleaned and everything was fine. And I said, yeah, 
I said, you know, they, they, they seem okay, and the other tooth that is going to have to come out is not bothering me. And in the last couple of days, it started bothering, well, not the tooth. Actually, it, it's, a, it's a place like in the corner, uh, away from where the tooth is. It's getting real sore. Wow. And so I think I'm going to have to go back and have that pulled, and I have to call my mother tomorrow and tell her and, you know, so, no fun. My dad going to FBI at the door working on submitting a bill of $10,000. Can you imagine? Is he having his mouth treated? <laughs> it's a couple cavities underneath some crown, so they think they need to pull them. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's that's inc- one I mean, it's you incredible. You can get how implants for $10,000. Well, my folks sake. have. My, my mom had $30,000. Dad got $15,000 of implants. Well, see, so for ten thousand dollars, I would go and have the bridge put in. Well, see, yeah, but you got to have something to you got to have something to, to anchor the anchor bridge. it all down. I I understand that. That's where the um, that's where the implants that he's got yep. come into play. And 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 my problem is that um, I've had I've had bone loss because um, I've had gum disease forever, and and so. Uh, yeah, so I've had bone loss from that, and oh, um, dear. See, but the problem with the problem is that that um, I don't think Medicare pays much, if anything, for dentistry. No, I don't think it does. And so basically, for that, you're on your own. Yeah, you're pretty much out of your. I, I, and I don't think Medicare does either. Well, very, very certain ones, you know. Medicare, well, I don't actually. Re- what I heard was that yeah. Medicare was going to reinstate some adult uh, dental work, but I don't know if they did yet. Um, so, I don't know. But I know that I make too much money for Medi-Cal because I get disability. Yeah. And so, it's it's a ridiculous amount that you have to make less than uh, to get to, to uh, qualify for Medi-Cal. So, anyway, so I may have yeah. to go back Monday and take antibiotics for a week and then... And then uh, have the tooth pulled. And by the way, does Patricia know she's off next Saturday? She yeah, knows, she, she knows does. Now. Yeah. yeah. She's all excited. She's got a night off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's that. We will miss you that weekend. But um, that was exactly the right thing to say. It's so. I mean, but but you know, you get a night off, and it's so you know. And we'll miss you, but it's it's good that you get a vacation on a Saturday. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody can email her. True. She yeah. can sit there, sit there and answer emails all That's, night. Well, <laughs> I, no, I don't want it. No, because I, I don't want I don't want her to. You know, I mean, yeah, if you want to send her an email, but I mean, I want her yeah, to but, do nece- do work necessarily. So you know. What do you think? What do you think Patricia's going to do that Saturday night? Hopefully, do some, do some, watch some good Rocky and Bullwinkle. Or, there you go. Or something like that, that, that you know. Or her book comms or something she likes to do, she doesn't yeah, do anymore. Yeah, I mean, something. I think she's going to sleep half the day after this coming week. <laughs> I'm spending the week over in a motel on the other coast, and I will be doing research work during the day. And on Friday, I will work for the day and then come back it's about I, I would get you know I said about four hours I'll bet it's not more than three and a half now wait a second now wait mm. a second 
Okay, you're in Florida. I'm in Florida. So what's the other coast to you? Oh, I'm on the Gulf side. You know, Florida kind of hangs down, and the Atlantic is on one side, and the Gulf of Mexico is on the other side. Okay. And I live on the Gulf of Mexico side, and I have to go to the Atlantic Ocean side. Oh, and okay. And before the show, like a triangle, at least how I always imagine it, right, Patricia? Well, it just kind of hangs down like a peninsula. Yeah. Like an, it, it's like an icicle hanging off the country. Yeah. So if somebody breaks it off, you might float. That's right. <laughs> we might float anyway if the water level keeps rising. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, you know. So there's there much difference from to the water between the, the uh, Gulf side versus the Atlantic side. Yes. And what is it? Well, the Gulf side is generally, I'll say. You know, in the wintertime, we're probably warmer than the East Coast. Uh -huh. Not by much, but we're, we're a little bit warmer. Um, the Atlantic side gets more hurricanes than we do over here. And I swear they have been getting, for the last couple of years, I swear they've been getting more rain than we have. Huh. Now, is, is, is the Gulf side more humid? Mm, that's a good question. And I don't know. I would have to think so. Well, no. Sure. I don't know. That's that's really an interesting question. So we are humid over here. I would say yes, but I don't know that for sure. So the major cities in the state mm -hmm. of Florida are they in the center, or are they either on the Atlantic side or on the Gulf side? Well, Orlando is in the middle. Okay. Tampa's on the Gulf side. Okay. Miami is on the Atlantic side. Okay. Jacksonville is on the Atlantic side. Okay. Tallahassee is on the Gulf side. Okay. Um, middle of the state. Well, we've got things like Gainesville, the university right. uh, city, is in the middle of the state. And when I say middle, I you know it's not exactly dead center, yeah. but it certainly isn't coastal stuff. Um, what else do we have in there? Um. Sounds pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. No, one one side isn't going to tip into the water. Yeah, my no, brother lives in okay. in Jacksonville. Yeah, I remember now that you said that. Yeah, and uh, so it gets cold up there. You know, for a while, what what did they say about Jacksonville? It's the largest county in America in terms of square land. It's the largest city because they incorporated the county. Yeah. So the entire county is a city. And it is the largest city in the United States. You are right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You, I have a really hard question for you. Okay. A really, 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 really hard question. J.D. Kendall was the frontier gentleman. Yes. Now, we've done this at least two times. What did J.B. stand for? I know. Finally. Do you remember? I finally remember. Oh, my gosh. Except it's not your question. You can have True. it in a minute. Uh, J.B. That's uh, <laughs> funny, too, because I remember, I mean, I've actually been, Max has been playing those, but I... 
Mostly he just calls himself J.D., so... It's J.B. as oh, in JB. boy. Oh. Uh-huh. J.B. as in boy. Oh. Okay. Well, see, and there you go. Uh, James Bernard. I don't know. Well, you came up with two that began with the right letters. Oh, well, I know, but that doesn't really... <laughs> that is not correct, and I will give it to Walden. Walden, what is it? Jeremy, but... Jeremy is correct. Jeremy, but... Uh, boat, but... 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 Nope. Kurt, yes. I, I never remember hearing... Kurt, I gave you half of it, so you can figure it out. Yeah, no, yes. I never remember... Okay, I'm going to ask this again in six months. It's Jeremy Bryan. You know, somehow you don't different. think of Bryan as a Western name, do you? I don't. Think I never it. thought of Jeremy as well, a Western no, actually, name. Well, no, actually, I didn't either, but Jeremy Bryan. Except he came from London. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And no, Jeremy, I don't ever remember hearing either of those names. And what paper does he write for? The London Times. Very good. And, okay. And what else? And here's my John Dan question. What comedy role did he have on radio? That's right. You know, gosh darn it, we didn't come up with that yet, did we? Mm -hmm. Nope. He had a comedy role. I do not remember, and you even no, told I... us, Walden. He was John and mm -hmm. Rogers of the Cassette. No, Joshin. Yeah. How about that? Well, that, I haven't that, listened that, to Roger of the Cassette for a long time. I to it Shame on me for ago, not knowing sure that. Don't remember him. Yeah, well, he's the one that you know when you know when Will wanted to go get his new paper uh, printed, he was mm -hmm. John the Dana John was the one pressing writing the printing press for him. Wow. So. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tell me. Are you into mysteries? You like mysteries, yeah. don't you? Okay. What was Sherlock Holmes' brother's name? Mycroft. Oh, you are hot. I don't know, I don't know why. Okay. Now, uh, how many times was Doctor Watson married? Two times. And what was the name of his of his wife's? Uh, one was Mary. Right. And one was... I think I heard of Mary, but I don't remember. I... Was it Rose? I don't. I never really noticed. I mean... I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember right off the bat. Oh, you can't ask a question when you don't know the <laughs> oh, answer. Yeah. What is this? No, you can't. <laughs> oh, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Really wait, wait a minute. I, that's, not no, that's not in the playbook. I didn't see the playbook, you know. Kind of hurts. Um, kind of hurts excuse you me. That's an unwritten rule and a written rule. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, well I'll, you can I'll tell you're not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Perry Mason could get away with that. that. Excuse me, Your Honor. I mean, he would ask something that would that would create an I object, Your Honor. And Perry would say, question withdrawn. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a, yeah. a Walden dealy. Okay. Would you like anything other than more theater? No, I can't really. Something in I, your... No, I can't really think of anything that I'm really, you know, looking for right at the present time. Would you like some of the romance shows that Walden was talking about earlier? 
Uh, I actually downloaded the set. Okay. It's actually four discs worth, and it's a damn good show. Okay. Well, I'm glad I asked because I would have sent it. Yeah. Okay. Well, series is four discs and very much worth it. Well, you know, you know what? Have you ever gotten a Beirut hour? I'm not that much into music. Okay, even though there's some great standard. Okay. I, I really, you know, I kind of skip over the music. I'm. I do too. I've always been. I've always been a drama person. Um, Okay, I guess we're going to have to work on on, on our well, family education you know, Ron, here. Ron sends me some really great stuff. Let me let me squirrel around and see what he has sent recently, and I will find something in there for you. He really has been so good to me okay. and to us. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to have a music appreciation night around here. We're going to have to bring in our have to have a Ron appreciation night or something. Yeah, we can yeah do that. that's so. true. Okay, Kurt. Well, I hope you have a better week. Well, yeah, um, and I, I will. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I will let you know, and um, I will email you if if something interesting comes up. And uh, so, and Walden, I told um, I told um, Larry that uh, Night of the Auk was an hour long. He found it in in Connecticut, I guess. Yeah, he did. Um, but. It doesn't go in any series. It was a one-off show. It was the play was almost an hour, and it was an actually a longer version of um, was it Rocket Ship to Manhattan? Right, right. Hanging, I remember. I remember Rocket Ship to Manhattan. Yeah. Where they're coming home from the moon? Right, they're coming home. Yep. Okay, basically, it's a longer version of that. Mm. It's almost an hour long, and uh, it's very interesting. Okay, that's oh. what I started thinking. That's why I invited the author to upcoming new book to come on and talk and uh, still got some more research to do with the Library of Congress because that's where uh, a lot of, um, the unpublished by autobiography that Arch wrote but never published is there so you need to go and read that. It's amazing what guys are willing to read and put in time and research to write a book. I, I just think it's incredible to think Guys are saying, well, I need to read this, I need to study this, I need to take notes here, and before they go ahead and publish a book. It, it's well, very commendable. I, I, you know, I wish, I wish there were more of the, uh, of the plays for Americans and some of that stuff around, yeah. because um, the point has been made, you know, that, that Arch Obler was, a, was in some ways, a pretty close second to Norman Corwin in terms mm -hmm. of not so much. Be, I mean, I'm not classing his horror stuff because his horror stuff is interesting, but his patriotic stuff and his um, uh, you know stuff that he wrote for Americans and the plays that mm -hmm. were written uh, for Chicago and stuff. And I would actually be interested in in his religious. If we know much about his religious faith, because I can't decide whether whether he was was a Christian or or not. Mm -hmm. um, some things that he's written lead me to believe that, mm -hmm. but some other things that have been said about him, I would be real curious about because uh, some of them have been not especially complimentary. Because I know. Ronald Coleman hated him. Right. 
Um, but I don't know if which came first, whether he he whether who hated who first. Right. Because well, it's possible that he didn't like Ronald Coleman because he was a a Britisher and he thought he had pretensions or whatever or 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 what. And well, Arch was a volatile character, and uh, Matt. Well he, ha- well, he had to be, and yeah. and like I said, I mean, his the whole stream of consciousness stuff um, came along in the '30s when, you know, when people were really kind of getting into that stuff. Sure. And um, I mean, he did it. He did it real well. Johnny, get your gun. Johnny, get your gun was a great. Well, uh, you yeah, but you have to give. But you better give Trumbo. you better give credit to Dalton Trumbo true. on that one. True, but Dalton Trumbo wrote the book, and true. he was. But the adaptation was terrific too. And of course, he was later blacklisted. Yep, he was. And um, but uh, was. I thought the uh, the idea at the end of Johnny Get Your Gun, where uh, whether the, where the next person that's going to start the starts the next war is going to bring the gavel down on the box that the guy is sitting in with just the head, I thought was a, a devastating. Not that it would stop anything, of course, human nature being what it is. Right. That was a devastating uh, image. But yeah, Dalton Trumbo wrote that, and James Cagney did the radio. Oh, James Cagney did. A, a really wonderful job on yep. that show. Anyway, Matt, the up the guy who's working on the book, he's born 1977, so another young guy who loves radio. Yeah, that's that's, that's all good. That's great, that's and I good. think I think if we can get some, like I said, if we can get younger people to to, if they don't carry on the the acting, at least carry on the research and and keep these names alive. Yeah. At least they can do that, and I think that's that's uh, a thing very much worth doing. So, anyway, well, I will keep you guys posted, and and if anything else comes up, I'll let you know. Sound great. Okay, bye. Thanks, Kurt. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Anyway, next next weekend, everybody, uh, Patricia has Saturday night off. John will hold on the fourth Friday and Sunday. They got a they got a dinner theater that they're performing next Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so Patricia will be. What are they performing? Uh, barbershop. So they're they're doing like a dinner a dinner show. Uh huh. And so that's next Saturday for them. Hello there, you're on air. Hello, Walden. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Jim. Well, hi, Jim. Thank you for calling earlier and for your questions. They were great. Well, that was a great interview. Unfortunately, just when just when he was answering Kurt's questions, up Snap began to act up. Oh, don't you just want to throw your fingers around it? You know, well, Kurt was asking about the monitor script, if he saw the monitor, about the monitor things. And being, of course, a monitor fan, I was just getting interested in that darn for hip-hop thing came up. Hip-hop hit one. <laughs> well, the answer is there's no monitor scripts available. But he did hear, but he has heard many of the of the, those monitor episodes. I think there's about 60 of them floating out there. And that's about it. Well, I was thinking you were tra- now you were talking about radio expressions that have become part of our mm-hmm. lexicon. I thought of one, our, and it's not, it's in no particular order. It said, but you often hear people say there's no silver bullet for a problem. Ah, what a great one! Yes, thank you. <laughs> and you know that would come with the Lone Ranger, because of, of course. course. 
<coughs> before the Lone Ranger, I don't think silver bullets were ever used in stories. And there, there, no. there's another one, Faster Than a Speeding Bullet. Yeah. That show all the opening lines of uh, Superman. Superman. I, think, I don't recall having heard that. You know, as, as, as part of, as Jim says, as part of our lexicon. Jim, have you heard that? No, not that one, but I've heard, I've heard, um, let's see, uh, of course, we've talked about coming on like gangbusters. We took the ah. Fibber's, Fibber's, Fibber's Closet. Let's see, uh, uh, the sh only the shadow knows. Uh, let's see. Ain't, fun, ain't funny, McGee. Heard. Uh, ain't funny, McGee. Oh, yeah, right. He was trying to be funny. Oh mm -hmm. dear. Can't be funny. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> well, like yeah, and uh, what I always enjoy too, and I never, I forgot to mention this tonight. Sometimes, when some particular bit of dialogue would be said, and you'd hear laughter. Sometimes you could hear Molly actually laughing in the background. Oh my gosh! When she started laughing, there was nothing that compared to it. I agree. You that, could hear I, her. I think that's why I think that's one of the clues how much they loved each other. When yes, I yes, think and it how, is. How much in sync they were with each other. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But there is something about Superman that sort of made it to um, the the more current language. Jim Croce did a song about you don't oh, mess yeah, you, around you with don't Jim. Look at Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind, you don't tug Six on Superman's cape, and you don't mess around with Jim. Yeah. And every, as you remember, every Lone Ranger episode where the sheriff tried to, or, or an outlaw tried to take his mask off, it never happened. In fact, here's a good trivia question. Name the three times on the radio show when the Lone Ranger, actually, and he, not using a disguise, mm -hmm. he actually took off his mask and showed his face. I know. Ah, he went into town as a cowboy, um, and he, he would, it was like on a reconnaissance. Yeah. I know two but, times when he took his mask off to show it to the, the, These are times when he actually showed his real face, no no disguise. Yeah, three, and, and, and he, went to a, he went into one of the saloons no. as a cowboy. No, not a cowboy, when he actually... When he actually took his mask off and showed who he really was. Well, I think Jim Price, what three individuals really have known when they knew this was the Lone Ranger when he took off oh, his okay. mask? Oh, okay, so as as the Lone Ranger, he stood in front of somebody and took, and took off his mask. Right. I can Not think of three. Not that he showed up without his mask. I know okay. two. I know two. I don't know. Well, in one of the, when he found Dan Reed, his nephew, there was a lady that took care of Dan after the Indian massacre of his parents in the wagon train. Her name was Grandma Frisbee. Frisbee, yep. That's and one. He took the mask off for her just before she died. Mm -hmm. So he could see her face. The second did he take time... It, did he take it off for the guy who was running the silver mine? Uh, maybe so, but he, he, he definitely took it off for Bush Cavendish right. in their final fight. Right. When, when Cavendish off. fell off the, the cliff. Right. And he was dying, and he showed his face. And the As third time... Butch Cavendish didn't get a grip on it. <laughs> no. Well, you know, Cavendish was his arch enemy, who started the whole thing. 
Yes, I I understand, but you know it, it it's like um, Clark Kent taking off his glasses, and it wouldn't be Clark Kent anymore. You yeah. Know? Okay. Uh, what would the name of the What would the name where they fought? What area? Brian. Oh, the Gulch. Um. Brian's Gap. That's right, Brian Gaps. And the third okay. time, mm-hmm. and I didn't know this till Terry Solomonson was interviewed on NPR about it. President Grant, and it was a series of episodes in 1941 where he was fighting a group called the Legion of the Black Arrow. Uh-huh. And President Grant wanted him, knew who the Lone Ranger was, and wanted him to help step out this gang. And he met the Lone Ranger at, I think, St. Louis or someplace. And the president asked him to take off his mask. You know, it's amazing. I remember that show. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how often the Lone Ranger ran to very famous people. Remember, like Horace Grizzly. Right, he ran to kick. One, one, one person in the Digest was joking once mm-hmm. in the OTR Digest about the Lone Ranger. In one episode, he meets Kit Carson. Mm-hmm. In another episode, he meets Al Jennings, and he says, "If the Ranger was durable, just imagine how durable Silver must have been." <laughs> <laughs> to to meet with all those people and all those, you know, years apart. I think there's one episode where Lincoln. President Lincoln actually talked about the Lone Ranger. Yeah, I think Lincoln did. You've heard that one, right? I think I have. I think we're talking an LP record. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I haven't. haven't, My gosh, I've got so many things to do. So you were taking a vacation. Now, I know Walden has a big thing with his parents next weekend on Sunday. Uh So are, are both of you off next Saturday night? Yes. Correct. I can't get on without him. Right. It's kind of like, you're kind of like uh, basically, Mom, just, Jim and Marion. Ba- I mean, yeah, like, ba- basically she's stuck with me. Yeah, and he's stuck with me. No, seriously, <laughs> I, I cannot get on the air because Walden has all the buttons and the phones. So but on so top of that, pretty, like we ain't got a barrel of money, and maybe we're ragged and funny, funny. but we travel along singing yeah, songs song side, side by side. side. It's us. So will it be like automation next week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really, if I, I, I want to wish your parents a very happy anniversary next Sunday. Yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, that, uh, you know, I remember my parents' 50th wedding anniversary in 99. Yeah. And it was really something because uh, we, we, we found uh, one thing we got for my parents. We, we were able to find, my sister and brother and I were able to find a Time magazine from the week they were married. Wow. And that was fun. I know it, August 11th, 63 was also a Sunday. Yeah, they were, they were married on a Sunday. So, and, uh, they, and they they forgot to take their suitcase with them when they went on their honeymoon. Really? <laughs> they left their suitcase behind? <laughs> yeah. They were really in love, weren't they? <laughs> well, that is, that is, that is, that is devotion. That is devotion. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you know, that is interesting, though, about the cliches, like about, I mean, I mean, not cliches, but myths, the, I could say. Yeah, the, well, the expressions that, that wound up getting in. Or the thing, or the myth that Fibber and the, the closet was used every week. Well, uh-huh. also think of how many great, um, slogans have came out of radio that we even, we even don't know today. Commercial slogans. Well, let's see. When you care enough to send the very, the very best, best yeah. used for Hallmark. Right. 
the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what that was? Um. I think I, I know I've. That's a, the uh, the watch the the uh, the um. No. The the Timex watch. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that that one takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Okay. No, nope. the gift uh, that keeps on giving. Keeps on giving. Uh. I, I, I know I've heard it. I just, I just can't think of it right this minute. Uh, and I still use it. Yeah, I would think of the one. I don't, I don't think so. I would think I'm it, not sure about that. But uh, of all things, it's something a guy should know, not a girl. Oh, is it a like a a a a, a, a dishwasher? A grooming aid. <laughs> a dishwasher. It was like a grooming aid of illustrated. Huh. A subscription to Sports Illustrated oh. gave the gift for the entire year. It was a gift that keeps on giving. I think I've, I think I've, I don't know if it's a radio expression yeah. or not, but the commercials were certainly on radio. I can remember people people saying, adults saying when I was little, some things like they would say something like, "You've got more problems than Carter has pill liver pills." Mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking of of a slogan from, from one of of. Uh, one of Patricia's favorite, favorite coffee that she loves to hate. Oh, good to the last drop. Yeah, that's right. You're not a master. She loves fan. to hate that. Yep. Yuck. Soldier's <laughs> better. Or... Yucko. Huh? Um, could, could you spell anything? <laughs> anything is better than Maxwell House, and I'm so sorry, George and Gracie. I like just, there is something corner. about that that triggers my little nose, and it... I mean, I can smell it down a hallway if somebody's making Round that. Round or instant? I beg your pardon? Which one do you want? Round or instant? I, I don't drink instant coffee. I can't remember the last time I had instant. It's probably 10 or 12 years ago. So it, it's the brewing. The, but the Maxwell brewing. House is not your favorite brand, I guess. Um, no. Do you like if we, have, if we have a bottom of a list that goes from A to Z... Yeah. Mine is Z minus. Okay. It's awful. So you tell me if we're if we're if we're living on the last days of the earth and there's only Maxwell health left over, you right. get, you get quit drinking coffee. I wouldn't drink it. That's what I mean. Black hmm. <laughs> tree. No. And it's a big how, seller. How many shows were sponsored by Maxwell House when you think about That's it? That's true. Well, George and Gracie. Who else had Maxwell House? Father on? Knows Best. Father Knows Best, yeah. The Showboat. Yep. Good News of 1937. Baby, baby, baby Snooks. Baby Snooks, yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. Frankfurt Summer Show in 1947. Yep. Uh, I feel like a traitor. Well, but yeah, Jim was asking, "What was your favorite brand? What's your favorite brand of coffee?" Well, I I don't know if it's my favorite, but I buy a brand called Don Francisco's. I don't think I have a favorite anymore. It's it's got some nice flavored coffees. Is that like I've a Florida brand, a regional coffees. brand? Pardon? Is that a regional brand in Florida? I don't think so. I think it's a national brand. It says it's been. Making coffee for four generations, so I don't think they'd make four generations worth in Florida only. Um, let's see. I don't. Oh, it's got to be here somewhere. Package does Florida bars. Have, does Florida have a? I don't. There used to be in different parts of the country local beers that were popular in different regions. Did Florida have a regional beer that was very popular? 
Not that I know of. Mm-hmm. This is a California product. Well, let's see. Well, everything good from California. We know that. Yeah. Burger Master was a California coffee. beer. Um. Uh, let's see. The Lehigh region of Pennsylvania had a beer, Rolling Rock, I think it was called. I don't know if it's still there. In Texas and Louisiana, there was a brand called Jack's that was available down there. Mm-hmm. And there was also Pearl and Lone Star. Pearl. What a Lone peculiar Star. name for a beer. Yeah, Lone Star beer was, of course, very big in Texas. Pearl, uh, one of my friends once, well, I won't tell him what he, call, what he called Pearl. It's a family show. So I won't say what I won't say what he called it, but um, it was a very popular. You know, it was advertised a lot in Texas. I always liked Olympia, the brand from Washington State, and I don't even know if they make it anymore. Uh, but some of these, there were also used to be different brands of soda pop. When I lived here in 1961 in Southern California. There was a soda, I think it was called Sprague. Do you remember Sprague, Walden? Nope, that's a new one on me. I think it was called Sprague. I remember Bubble Up was real popular in 61 out here. I don't know if they still make Bubble Up or not. I don't know. You know, Bubble think... Up, I thought, was the precursor to 7-Up. Well, uh, to my knowledge, 7-Up's right? been around a long, at least since, well, I first heard of them in the 50s, of course. Remember the 70s? What was the third most popular brand of soda, I, soda pop, I, you know, in terms of brand? The second most third, popular? Third, third, third. Third most popular. Well, Coke and Pepsi were one and two. Right, and I'm thinking, I'm asking you guys, who you think number three was? And this would be my, just a, just a, a suggestive. Well, but it, I, w I was going to say either 7-Up or RC. I think it's Shasta. RC. I think it's RC, but Patrina might be right. Shasta, because huh? it was such a good, good price. You can never can you know we can't get RC out here anymore at least uh, they unless they special order it. And that's what I mean. RC was doing a big thing. I think it was hard to throw more popular. But yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. Shasta was pretty popular too. Yeah, Shasta was. Um, knee in the South, knee high was popular, and in the Midwest. Shasta made Nash, uh, the Nash, the television show. Um, Radar used to drink great knee high, so that yeah. must have been a Midwest product yeah. also. Shasta made a chocolate Coke. Chocolate Coke? Sh chocolate. Remember, Shasta, remember, oh. remember with the one with all the different flavors? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the cream sodas. Chocolate and They made root Coke. beer. They root made beer, strawberry. Strawberry. Well, flavors. I think the what best... What happened to them? That sounds like a wonderful product. I don't know. That's a great question. You didn't buy enough, Walden. I guess not. Man, it was interesting all right. in I've, I've got an email from Kurt. That yeah. is titled, Information for Jim. Okay. And it says, I am listening to Jim, who was talking about the Lone Ranger, and he's asking questions about voices on Disney records. Uh -huh. Yes? Yes. Yeah, he was mentioning that yesterday. Uh-huh. Okay. He said, I told Larry I thought he should contact Ivan Altz because he seems to have made a study about narrators of children's records, and he might be best to talk about it. Just a thought. And I agree. He, yeah, he and Peter Modavin are the two children's record experts. Good, uh, good point. Walden's so Ivan, Walden's Ivan might be a good contact for you. That's good. Um, wait, are you in the market for a question tonight? Oh, 
I can try, but I can't think of anything I want right now. I'm still trying to catch up on everything to listen to. Let's just send in more blondies. What can well, I say? I have, I have the joy of trying to stick you guys, so um, I'm going to have fun no matter what. All right. Okay, I'll try. All right, let me see here. What was the name of Blondie's cat? Uh, 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 Pop? I don't know. What a rotten thing, Walden. <laughs> <laughs> Blondie you know, didn't Pop have was, a cat. Puff did belong to, though. Here's the trivia question. Well, Patricia knows the answer. You know the answer? Yes, I do. Who Puff belonged to? Blondie didn't have a cat. <laughs> now, wasn't that rotten? <laughs> Who did Puff belong to? Puff? Yeah. Puff. I say I, um, I joked Puff, about Puff, Puff being Blondie's cat. That was they, who no, did that Puff, Puff belong to? Puff was um, the the cat in those old old books. Sea Spot Run. Yeah, Dick and Jane, right? Dick and Jane. That was it. Dick was, and Jane, you know, and you can buy them up on on eBay, which is really up. fun. So Puff was the cat, and Spot was, was the dog. dog. Tim was the teddy bear. So who's the most popular cat on, on radio of all time? Most popular cat, cat in radio? Yeah. I would say Minerva in Our oh, Miss Brooks. Yeah, that's one. Um, who, who would you say? How what? about Satan, the wise black cat on the witch's tail? Yeah, I said another one. Um, I'm trying to think if the Smiling Ed ever had a cat. Yeah, yes. he did. Midnight. Midnight, midnight. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Midnight the cat. And I forgot the dog's name. There was Froggy the Gremlin. Right. Uh, there was a dog, though, too. Yeah, I think there was. I didn't remember that. Okay, here we go. Are you into the life of Riley? Uh, not really, but I can try. All right, that this one is, is a terrible question, then, if you're not into that. Um, <laughs> I like William Bendix, though. Yeah, well, you can't have William Bendix. All right, are are you... Uh, I can't ask you about that show, because that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do that every once in a while. <laughs> that reminds me, we were, I was in school once, and we had a teacher who, who, who would, he would do spelling tests, and kids would be writing their spelling words, and he would say, he would say things like, complete, we will do this job, we will do this job, we will, we will complete this test. One day he said, victory, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Oops. <laughs> See, I do things like that. Okay, what was the name of the telephone operator in Fibber McGee and Molly? Mert. See, you are good. You okay. don't even like Fibber, do you? So, so I, think, I like the show. I, I, th- oh, good. Okay. I just don't collect. All, I, I like listening to them. I just, you know, as far as collecting, I'm yeah. more of a drama than a comedy fan. I, I, I think I think Patricia but, can start playing Jeopardy. You know, everybody she gives out the answer. The guy figure out the question. Mert was funny. Yeah, right. Yeah. I always liked his exchanges. One of my favorite Fibber McGee dialogues. I was thinking about it tonight. Was the, the episode in 1950 about the flying saucer? Yes. And there was a scene in there where he's talking to Doc Gamble. And <laughs> Doc, I guess he, <coughs> they're in town. I guess they're in town somewhere. <coughs> and he says, <coughs> he says, um, he says, um, Doc Gamble says to Fibber, can I drop you anywhere, like on your head? <laughs> and the other thing I remember in that episode, it got a big laugh from the audience. Uh, he was questioning Fibber's 
idea of a flying saucer, whether he believed in Dr. Gamble believed him in or not. And Doc Gamble says, well, I never heard a Republican play the Missouri Waltz on the piano either, but that doesn't mean it couldn't happen. Ah, and do, do you remember that he messed up that line? Oh, I, he messed it up? Doc Gamble messed it up, and that was one time when Molly just cracked up. He was supposed to say the Missouri Waltz, and I don't know if it was intentional as a political dig or a real fluff, but he said the Missouri Waltz. I'll have to pay attention. When we hear that episode again, if you play that again, I'll have to pay attention to that more. I just thought, I just, in listening to it just casually, I just thought of Missouri. Uh-huh, and that was, of course, what it was supposed to be, because that was the waltz that President Truman played. Right. And uh, I think probably in conversational circles, people tend to make fun of a particular word or a habit of a president, and I think they probably, in casual conversation, called it the misery waltz, and it just fell out of his mouth. <laughs> but that's what he called it, and Molly cracked up. But I like that line, though, about can I drop you anywhere on your head. That just struck me as so funny. At yeah, yeah. Once in a while, something like that just just happens. They just, well. they, they, they just you know, they, they loved each other. They liked each other, loved each other. But, but you know, it, I just like the way, I do like the way Arthur Q. Bryan played him and would make those insulting remarks about Fibber. And, of course, Fibber right. was good in good spirits and everything. And, and you knew that they still liked each other. It wasn't that they were making each other angry. They just found ways to poke at them. You know what You know what the best devotion of uh, Fibber loved to his best buddy, Doc? Remember what it was? What's the, that? Remember when he put together Doc Gamble Day and Doc couldn't enjoy it because he had a measles, so Fibber decided to go in and play cards with him and... Get, oh, yeah. Get sick. <laughs> okay. I wanted to show your lovely dear friend that you want to take the measles in. Poor Molly has to deliver all the stuff over there. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, it was, um, and, you know, that was interesting. I did not know until I started listening to your show that the reason Fibber never had to worry about employment or money was they had that house that they won in that, you know, in those in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never paid it much attention to when I've heard episodes about. I never thought about here they have this house, and he never did actually have a job as such. No. But I guess he would have need to if he had that. The house was all paid for, and. Well, they still, they still needed groceries and had a power bill. Yeah, and... I yeah. I guess the other one I wasn't clear on. Did he? Did they? Well, I think we found out he 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 did have a job because he was on the radio. Yeah. I think yeah. if I think or very good, and <laughs> and then but he was always having odd jobs. Remember, he had to work. Yeah, especially for the city. Yeah, always for the city. Yeah, he pick up a quick buck. Yeah, yeah Mer- would... Mert was Mert was funny. I mean, the, the exchanges with Mert, and uh, it reminds you of the old day. Uh, another one in that same episode, I remember, was when he said, "Get me a long Washington and D.C. distance." He was all excited about the saucer. Mm-hmm. Long Washington and D.C. distance. Yep. Yep, I do remember. That was a good show. I liked that one a lot. The poor guy, he really did see a saucer. It didn't happen to be a UFO. It was but the one that, it was the kid. The kids were played. Yeah, uh, Jeannie came the, over and, and I, I guess it was one of her mother's pie tins. Well, well actually, um, who, who was she playing with? Willie, too. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And what was the name of her dog? 
Margaret. All right, good. Good. And what, what were the, the two name songs played on, Fibber, on that night's Fibber McGee? What was the name of her cat, Walden? Sam. No. Jim? Huh? What was the name of Teeny's cat? I don't remember. Raymond. Raymond? Yeah. Raymond. Her cat was Raymond. What were the two songs played on that night's Fibber McGee episode? Uh, Put another nickel in. That right. Music, music, music. Music, music, music with Teresa Blue. And... The Hot Canary. Hot Canary. The Hot Canary. All right. I'll trust you guys on that one. Well, you know, one of my favorite film game I always show of all time is the uh, Carry Your Pigeon one. I I get Oh, the one of the best. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the first excerpt I ever heard on those launching records with Jack and Penny. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. That, that excerpt, that was, that excerpt came oh, by on the what I'll never forget, what made me laugh in that episode, and it made my classmates laugh as well when I got those long jean records, uh, the scene where he's talking about, well, there were two things. His, his thing about, um, about the, he talks about all the misinformation in Wimple's bird book, and he says the, the pelican prefers marine life, and he says, and I couldn't even get in the Marines for some reason. I forgot what the reason was, a health reason or his feet or something. And I also liked the line in there about who was it that, that had the invention for inventing dispensing chicks at a chewing company beat him to the patent office. And who? Chicklets. And it was also the line in there that, that I just loved is when Wallace Wimple is there at the house. And he says, well, you, le- you left? Yeah, we had a political rally on the radio last night. And and you and you went out the window when he said Wallace is going to get the beating of his life. Yeah, yeah. Meaning Henry Wallace. Henry Wallace. And then okay, remember what kind of camera Fibber had? Camera. A camera. Uh, Patricia should know this one. A brownie. That's right. Brownie. And yeah. remember what year the camera when he got a camera? Oh cam- boy. Uh, oh boy. He always uh, he always makes me laugh how he says it. Oh, he says brownie? Says, you know, how like he's... Like 19 Yeah, yeah, ni- yeah it's a 1911 when I got my... Oh, yes, 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 Yeah. 19-aught. Yeah. Yeah. 19-aught. Yeah. Okay, Jim. Well, thank you so much for calling in with your questions when Claire Schultz was with us. That was really nice of you to do that. Well, he's really... He's really uh, he knows his stuff. I hope to read his book at some point. I hope... You know, I do wish sometime, and this is not a complaint, it's just a, it's just a frustration. I wish sometimes some of these books could be recorded by the Library of Congress in their talking book program. Many of these books, were like Jim Cox's and uh, uh, Claire Schultz's and Martin yeah. Cam's, and, and they never... Uh, they're, see, they never they're, all covered, they're all still covered by copyright, and they will for a long time. But I mean, what I, I guess what frustrates you and I'm not by any means. Compl- I mean, we're, I'm glad we have the books we have. Actually, what the rules are: any book can be read, read by the uh, recording for the blind, uh, along with the copyright part of the deal. Just a lot of them just don't choose to do it. As as long as what is part of the deal? A part of the deal when I it, for the authors. Yeah. Uh, I guess most of the books that almost agree to be read by the recording for the blind if if they choose it. Of course, they have all these rules now. Now, recording for the blind has changed a lot. They have a, 
they, they you, you have to order a CD, at least as of a few years ago. Maybe it's changed, but about three or four years ago, you had to order a special CD player. You had to buy a special CD player from them to get their CDs, and not then they wouldn't play on your regular CD player. And the other thing, they always required, when you had books recorded in school, two copies, I guess, for proofreading. And... That's one thing if the book is like $10 or 15 but if you like needed a textbook that was $50 or something, you know, that that runs into money. Not complaining, just saying a statement of fact, you know. But I, I guess what frustrates me about the recordings is you see books in the, in the talking book catalogs, a, a lot of books about current stars. I mean, there, there might be a book about a rock star, there might be a book about Madonna, or there might be a book about, um, uh, well, you know, I'm trying to think of different stars, current stars, but they've never, and, and they did record John Dunning's book, which I was very glad was done, but I haven't seen any of the McFarland books, or Martin Graham's, or Jim Cox's, or any of those, and I think, didn't you say, Walden, once, that they go by reviews? Yeah, and they should be... And it should be reviewed by a major new by a major uh, reviewer now, for them to even consider picking it up. And that prevented from all the old time radio books, which are not reviewed by the New York Times, for not making the cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any. I didn't see any reviews outside the hobby. I, I think on Dunning's book. For yeah, I, I think what's going to have to happen, Jim. One. Kindle become blind friendly. Yeah. That's probably where you're going to get the chance to read all the books. Right. Because there's a lot of good ones that are that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, and it would, be, it would be nice to be able to... Uh, re, you know, we, we looked... I had my mother, when Dunning's book came out in 98, I had my mother look in the L.A. Times and to check newspapers. And the only magazines that reviewed it were people in the hobby mm -hmm. or... Uh, some library journals reviewed it. Uh, no one, you know, there was no review. That the two books about Jack Webb, for example, that were published in 2001, there were no reviews in any of the LA Times or any of the big papers about those two books. And, he, you know, you might, whether you like his work or not, he was a major star. You know, and, and again, this is just an opinion. You could have ten books about Marilyn Monroe or Zsa Zsa Gabor, and they'll review, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yet, these radio stars often often get ignored. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just an opinion I have, you know, you, cause, cause, I guess because we like what we talk about on this station and other places. Mm -hmm. We we'll do the but best we can. We we'll do the best we can. Yeah, well, the one thing nice, we may not be able to hear the books or read them on always, but we can certainly talk to the authors when you That's have right. them as guests. Yep. Even if we can't talk to the authors, yep. when you and John and Larry or Patricia interview them, we can certainly hear the interviews and learn about the books, right. which we would never be able to do if we had to rely on terrestrial radio. That's true. That's one of the wonderful things about Yesterday USA. I'm going to wish you a wonderful vacation next week, Patricia. Thank you. I hope I'm you going enjoy to be it. here. It's going to be uh, next Saturday night. It's going to be kind of different for you, isn't it? Yeah. I will sleep half the day and read the other half. 
Maybe. This will be the first Saturday. Um, is this going to be the first Saturday you've been away from the microphone in several years? I can't mm, even remember the last Saturday, no. weren't they? We, we did it. When did we do it, Walden? Not very long ago. Uh, Patricia had Saturday night off for reps. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Walden Other didn't, than that, but you've Patricia been, you've did. been pretty consistent on Saturday nights. Yeah, I know. I know. We, uh, yeah. Bill? Yeah, he never lets me have a night off. Huh. But, oh, by boo-boo. the way, that I enjoyed uh, your best of the week last night. That was, that was, uh, the Ghost Corps was an interesting choice. We're going to rerun that. Wasn't that awful? We're going to rerun that Friday because the first five minutes did not play because the station went down. Yeah, I, I, ah, I was okay. last so night and then it got straightened up. That's why. Well, okay. Lives was playing. I yeah. That's just something they put on there when it, when it. Well, it automatically goes down to Blue Eyes, so I got a call, so I had to go. I think, I think it was Kurt that called me, so I had to call Bill Bragg, and he went and fixed it. So normally, uh, this, this, the, normally on fri- this Friday, I mean every other Friday, Treasure Ivan is on just before Patricia's Best of the Week. Worst of the Week. Worst of the Week. <laughs> I mean, Worst of the Week. I just like, I just like that. <laughs> but it's interesting that you picked that. That, that wasn't, and you're certainly right about the Arabs and the, uh, not in the Middle East and the Far East. Yeah. All, Fascinating to hear what writers a lot of times just don't know how to write those things, I guess. I know, and it, it probably didn't matter. Most people didn't have a clue, but it's a little disarming when they talk about something about Arabs being in the Far East. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Well, anything, yeah. you, know, you know, you know what I, what I, what I always, I always remember these movies where, uh, well, one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I still have pleasant memories of it, there was a Viking movie with Richard Widmark and Sidney Poitier. Richard Widmark played a Viking. It was called The Long Ships, and it got a lot of, it was panned by the critics, but as a 13-year-old, it was a good popcorn escapist film. Uh-huh. Vikings and the Moors were looking for this lost bell made of gold. But the point is, they spoke in English, of course. And when you really think, how would Vikings and Moors in real life have communicated with each other in the 12th or 11th or 13th century without even understanding each other's language, yet they had dialogue? I mean, you think about logically, of course, it wouldn't make sense, but I guess in a film anything's possible. Especially in earlier years, you're right. Another thing in that film that I remember being in awe of, Richard Widmark escapes from the Moors, he jumps off a cliff, out of the palace, he jumps through a window and get, jumps into the water and escapes. About um, two minutes later, the scene switches to Norway or his homeland in this Viking village, and they get they pull this man out of the water and rescue him. And it's Richard Widmark, <laughs> home in his village. And my first thought is, did he swim all the way from Moorish Africa to and, and right up in Norway? <laughs> Somehow he ended home <laughs> even after he escaped. You know. Kind of like it's kind of like uh, how how the, the Lone Ranger always managed to get there just in time. Let's say. Uh huh. Yeah. For for something like Richard Woodmark, it's called an unauthorized leap. Yes. It's I always truly, like to laugh. Truly. So, well, Jim, thank you so much for for giving so much to the show and for your questions tonight with Mr. Schultz. It was really fun. And by the way, Ron, I'm glad Ron got to call tonight too. You bet. 
So you all have a wonderful evening. You have a w- wonderful uh, uh, vacation, and your parents a wonderful anniversary, Walden. Thank you, Jim. And we'll talk to you. Maybe we'll talk to you before you before this week, but certainly, Patricia, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Okay, Jim. Thank you so much. Sure thing. Bye bye. Bye bye. Is that what you're gonna do? What? I'm gonna sleep half the day and read the other half. Yeah. 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 You want to hear about Superman on my cracker box? Sure. Well, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. He looks like a devil. All right. I'm sorry. Who's cracker, there? Cracker box. On a, on, yeah, I mean, it's a Keebler cracker box, yeah. Hello there, you're on here. Yeah, hi guys, it's Ralph again. How hey, you doing? Ralph. Ralph, what are you doing up at this awful hour? Oh, uh, um, uh, hey, I just woke me up. <laughs> 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 oh, we, uh, we were watching a movie on, uh, on the, uh, Netflix. Uh-huh. And we stayed up kind of late. Oh, well, I'm and glad we, you're still with us. We, when we came downstairs, we had a visitor. That, <laughs> we have a resident skunk that passes by. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> we met a couple uh, of times a week. <clears throat> and, man, you can't miss him. He, he, leaves, um, he leaves a calling card once in a while, huh? Well, what's... Yeah, what, you know, this, this is just the... What the normal is stirring him up thing. that he was He's not even spraying anything. He just... Thinks to hide. <laughs> well, he must be spraying something. Uh, you know, they have that residual smell. Yes, they, they do. When they, uh, if you're around when they really, uh, really spray, <laughs> it's bad news. truly unbearable. Oh, awful stuff. Awful stuff. Yeah, they, uh, we're talking with Ralph in California. This is Ralph uh, in California. Yes. He's got my mistletoe. And a hornet's nest that is growing larger? Oh, yes. Oh, my. It's, it's still glowing. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that this winter it would be a very good project to have someone come and chop it out of the tree. You think so? I think so. Boy, if they get stirred up, you're toast. Well, my... Um my neighbor, you know, he he um, he had one on his property, and he 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 went up there at night and he put a plastic bag over it. Yeah. And then uh, they died. And well, he I guess kept they would. It, and he keeps it in his house. Wow! How big was it? Uh, well, I would say it was about a foot in diameter, maybe a foot and a half in length. Bigger than a football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Scary stuff. Well, it's in the way of my mistletoe. Ralph has mistletoe Uh growing in one of his trees. It's it's still up there. (laughs) I think because of the hornets, it probably should stay there. At least for this year. Yeah, I'm not going to mess with them. Thank you. Thank you. I worry about you guys up there. Oh, we're just fine up here. 
Okay. All right. So what I enjoyed your interview tonight, and I was so happy that guy could answer the question about. Oh, oh my gosh! I and I feel so awful that my brain did not engage and remember that he, of all people, would have been able to answer it. Yeah. However, well, we we found out now. All right. Now you you have to. I, I, admit. I think I think though he had a, it, it came. You know, when Ralph came up to question, I think. I don't know if that show was available, so I think it taken a while well, for Mr. Uh, Schultz to write the book. Ralph said that he heard it. And okay, it was yeah, one I would have done it. Uh-huh. Well, Ralph said that he heard that show, right. and it was one of the early shows, and he was at a party. Um, Mort was at a party. Oh, we were looking for Mort's first name, too. Uh, not Mort. Yeah. 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 Teeny's father. Mort. Toops was not Teenie's father. You were looking for Teenie's father's name. And you said it was one of the early shows with Gildersleeve. And, Ralph, it was one of the late 15-minute shows. You lied to me. Oh, not intentionally. Okay. I didn't think I, you were I, would, I was probably mistaken. You, you sent me on a goose chase. <laughs> you did. You sent me on a goose chase. Well, do you know? I remember the Lone Ranger and the Silver Horseshoes. Yeah, right. You did that too. <laughs> you what went and powered through a whole bunch of books and finally came up with it. Yes, you did, and that was just wonderful. I'll tell you, you keep me on my toes. Well, what have we, you been... we have to try. Yeah. So, so you're going on vacation uh, back east, or? Uh, no, I, I n- no. It's just that I have the night off because Walden's not going to be here. If my oh. if my mom yeah, if so my it's mom sort of and, like a vacation. Yeah, if my mom and dad's fiftieth anniversary. So, oh, how great! Yeah, so so they don't know it, but there's stuff being happened for them. So so I'm gonna take the whole weekend off. John and I are covered Friday and Sat Sunday. And Patricia get the night off, and uh, you can all email her. I expect her to answer all email by Monday morning. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to take the night off, too, then. <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> Everybody can recharge their batteries. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have to do that, because I'm going to be out of town for the whole week. And, you know, I wish I could come home, but I can't. <laughs> so uh, I we're, made we're, my hotel uh, reservation. Hmm? Are you we're, not planning, gonna... we're planning on going to Hawaii in October. Wow! All right, yes. And my daughter says, you know, if you want to go scuba diving, oh gee, you have to get a letter from, from your doctor. Are you going to go scuba diving? I'll, I'll sure try it. Uh, yeah, oh, I did my. it years ago. Oh my. I want to yeah. see it. Oh, uh, she said some terrific pictures of her with a great big old sea turtle, and uh, it, it was really impressive. You know, when I scuba dived, it was it was on the east coast, and you couldn't see nothing. And the pictures that she sent, you could just you could just see forever. Oh, well, there it goes. I'm 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 moving. 
Gunners. <laughs> well, I guess Ralph, Ralph has company. Your visitor is there? Ralph has company there. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he must smell something coming by. They're fan- they got fantastic noses, these dogs. Well, those poor dogs. If you if you are holding your nose, imagine what the poor poochies are smelling. Yeah, I don't see the bother them. <laughs> How would you know? Did they tell you? No, they don't. They, they, they don't act like I act when. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are they, too funny. What did you do this week? Tell me about. Stride. Tell me about your week. I'm sorry. Tell me about your week. What did you do this week? Did you have a good one? Yeah, pretty good. We uh, we took the boat out. We left our fishing poles at home, and we just went out and sat on the lake and enjoyed the uh, uh, afternoon. So we come back to the boat ramp to pull the boat out. There's a guy standing there with with four beautiful trout. He says, "You want some fish?" Oh, gee. I said, yeah, why not? So we didn't fish, but we got four fish. And you love trout. That's great. Did you eat them yet? Well, Tony's the fish eater. I love to catch them, but I'm not much of a fish eater. Hmm. Um, who, who gets to, well, you, you said trout, you don't have to scrape scales off trout. No. But you do it's have food. to clean them. You have to gut them. Who get? Who gets to do that? Oh yeah, well I'm I'm good at that. You're good at that. Okay, so it, this is a good relationship. You clean, she eats. Yeah, well we we gave uh, we gave two of them to the the uh, priest uh-huh. at our church, and uh, one to a neighbor, and we kept the biggest one, which is about a four and a half pounder. Whoa. There. You're into the big time there. Yeah, so he's, he's a pretty nice trout. So he came home with fish. I, I, I and caught the... him that big, but I've never caught him much bigger than that. Wow. But the eagle obviously left him alone. Yeah, we didn't see the eagle. We were looking all over for him. All we saw was a blue heron. Well, you didn't have any fish. Why would he show up? He's got to be, there was a lot of people fishing. I figured he'd, hmm. he'd show up sometime. But well, he had who knows, show, maybe he retired. For anyone who missed it, there is an eagle that hangs around the lake where Ralph and his wife take their boat. And the eagle swoops down and steals fish from the fishermen when they're pulling them in or when they're in the boat. This right. guy really has nerve. Yeah, you know, usually uh, I've seen a lot of eagles up here, but generally they just stay completely away from you. I want, they don't know, uh, maybe a couple of hundred yards is the closest I've uh-huh. ever got to one. Well, this guy figured out that if he stole your fish, you didn't have much of a chance to fight back. <laughs> Too funny. Well, I, I, I really got a kick out of that story. Especially the one where he came in over the guy's head and knocked his hat off. And knocked his hat off. Boy, that is scary stuff. Yeah, that's a lot That's a lot of bird. That's a lot of bird with they, a lot of sharp could, talons uh, and a beak and, oh my. Oh yeah, my. they could do you a big mischief. 
they they could tear you up a bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, are you ready for a question? I, I'll try. I, I always like your questions. Okay. Who was the announcer? I, I couldn't think of his name, and I was thinking he was a big, heavy set fella. And then yes. it popped in. And he laughed. He had the most irritating laugh. Even when yeah. Jack didn't say something funny, he'd say, oh, 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 oh. Right. I can't imagine that he laughed, that, that it was truly a laugh. Uh, what do you think? Was that a real laugh? The ones I've heard. That was pretty good to me, like it, like it was sincere. <laughs> you had a Jack Benny show, I'm sure you had a lot of laughs. <laughs> yeah. He probably did. I, it just It's an irritating laugh. I think probably because no matter what happened or didn't happen, he managed to get some ho-hos in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Oh, well. How about Ding Dong, oh. Ding Dong and Twinkie, too? Ding dongs and Twinkies. I don't think he had. Oh yeah. He didn't have ding dongs and Twinkies. Oh okay. Well, you said ho ho. They had. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had Jello. Ah, oh, good. Okay. Oh yeah, they had Jello. We're working on Amos and Andy. Do you want me to do volume two? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, Amos and Andy. Oh, you, you know, I, I was telling you last week that I, I didn't know what to do with all of my discs. Yeah. Well, I went to a garage sale today. <laughs> yeah. And I found this thing. It's, it's it's solid wood and really well built. And it's got 16 compartments in it that'll hold about seven seven discs in the in the little jewel cases. Uh huh. Each, each one of the. Well, I figured it, it'll hold like 116. Well, that sounds like a lot, but... Sorry? I said that sounds like a lot until you look oh, yeah. at what you've, yeah. until you look uh, at what uh, you've uh, got. That's one year worth. One of the fire departments over here had a garage sale, and I went in, and I said to Tony, I'm going I'm to see if I can get that box. So I said to the woman, how much is that $2 thing? <laughs> <laughs> she says two dollars. She said That's my favorite garage sale line. I love to say that. So how much did you pay for it? Two. Two dollars. Oh gee, I'm gonna dog and and you. Know, you. It's, it's probably got eight or ten dollars worth of wood in it, let alone the work that went into it. Oh really my well gosh. Constructed. Too funny. You you are a piece of work. I try to be. <laughs> you don't have to work very hard at it, I think. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Much hey, fun. I'm going to let you guys go and uh, get some rest. Oh, okay. You, you have a good sleep and a good two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, okay. I'll miss you next week. You guys have Thank fun, you. though. We will. That was, that was a good thing to say. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, Patricia will be reading and sweeping. That's what show fun going to be yes. all about. 
and I'm not sure in what mix, but yes. 23 hours and 55 minutes worth of sleeping and 5 minutes of reading. That's how it's going to all work out. It it just might. <laughs> it just might. Well, oh, I, I, I just might call you when I get home. Teach you up. Oh, well, you could do that. I know. If I sound awful, hang up. <laughs> this is good. All right. Well, I've got a whole bunch of stuff here, but I've also got questions for you. And sometimes we don't get to do your questions. Mm -hmm. So would you like to do your questions? Yeah, I might as well get them in. All right. Let's get them in. Um, I did not get, I don't think, because it wasn't marked off, I did not give you your presidential question last week. Okay. You want to give it to me? I can tell you if I, I can tell you if I had it. I don't think you did. It was, what was George Washington's occupation before he became president? He was a, well, that's a trick question. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I know the right answer for, for, for different parts of his career. Well, he was a general. Oh, no, well, that was military. No, he actually had an occupation. Well, if it, the most famous occupant, he was a surveyor. Yes. Mm-hmm. How did you know that? Boo-boo. What? I know everything. You know everything. I know everything, boo-boo. You know everything. <laughs> he was 17 years old yeah. when he, he went to work with a surveyor, and he learned how to do that. Oh, my gosh. I really thought I got you on that one. And it wasn't a trick question. I, I didn't say it correctly. No, you're fine. Yeah, that, was, that popped up to hit my head, but, you know. Yeah, you, but, but you, you were right. You, 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 general. you generally you, like to trap me when you can. I, no, I, I didn't trap you. Oh. Okay, so now we've got your brain teaser, your Stump Walden question, a presidential quote. I have a first lady quote for you tonight. And your baseball question. Did I say baseball? Nope. No. Brain teaser? Your brain teaser. Joe was out for a walk when it started to rain. He did not have an umbrella, and he wasn't wearing a hat. His clothes were soaked, his shoes were soaked, but not a single hair on his head got wet. How could this be? Um, he didn't have any hair. He had his wig. He stuck in his pocket. He had, he had no hair. Mm -hmm. He was bald. Mm -hmm. Very good. Good for Walden. Okay, two for two. Yeah. What would you like next? Stump. Stump Walden. Uh huh. We the people. Yeah. began as a skit on a popular radio show. When was that and which show? I don't have any idea what we the people were oh, until yeah, I looked it up. Yeah, I, well, it was I a, looked, it, was I a, looked a, it up in Dunning. It would have been yet uh, of uh, the feature people, um, you know, today people or famous people, mostly today. Mm-hmm. And the most famous thing about it that um, the one that they wrote the book, the, the Hoffman Hart wrote the famous play about 
the man who came to dinner? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, uh, Wolcott. Sander Wolcott. Alexander Wolcott. He was trying to show, he was trying to show, and he died right at the end of the broadcast. Right after <gasps> the broadcast went off the air. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. So he just dropped dead. Yep. Oh dear Lord. Yep. You know, I I I don't know. You know, the show went off the air and he was gone. Um. So that's one of the well, things. Well, you're right. It was it was a mix of people. We the yeah. people. It sounds like such a you know we're the people. Yeah. I think no, part of Kate Smith. No. From the thirties, Rudy Valley. Rudy Valley, 1936. Rudy Valley. Yeah. Boy, you're hot. All right, we'll give you that one. Okay. That was a that was a good one. Oh man, I gotta work harder for you too. Um. All right. So now we have your presidential quote, uh -huh. your first lady quote, and your baseball question. First lady. Your first lady quote. The first lady is and always has been an unpaid public servant elected by one person, her husband. Mm -hmm. Who said it? Abigail Adams. No. Rosalind Carter. No. You're in the right territory, though. Mm. Betty Ford. No. Nancy Reagan. Lady Bird Johnson. That's two in a row for two weeks in a row. I think you did something from Lady Did Bird. I do that? No, but I think you had another Lady Bird not too long ago. Oh, it was not too long ago. You mm -hmm. are correct. Yeah. And it, it was something really sassy. <laughs> I can't recall what it was, but it was something pretty harsh. Mm -hmm. All right, so that leaves your presidential quote and your baseball question. All right, presidential. Your presidential quote. In every bottle, in every, not bottle, battle, <laughs> maybe the bottle too, in every battle, there comes a time when both sides consider themselves beaten. Then the one who continues the attack wins. Abraham Lincoln. One more time. Ulysses S. Grant. Yes. Yumpin' Yiminy, wow. I thought you would have put Dwight D. Eisenhower in there. Wow. I'll be darned. Yes, what made you say Grant over it, it, all of the other it, possibilities? It sounded like a Civil War kind of deal. That's why I was looking for something during the Civil War period, presidential well, you, period. You did it. Mm -hmm. Hooray! Okay, so that leaves your baseball question. Uh -huh. I think you're going to be batting a thousand tonight. What sets Cal Hubbard apart from every other sports figure in history? Well, he was a knuckleball, screwball pitcher who was uh, pitched in the first All-Star game in 1933 who struck out Murder's Row, the five famous All-Star players in a row, until Bill Dickey got a hit to break up the streak, then he struck out the pitcher. But he struck out um, Ruth Garrick, Fox, Al Simmons, and... I think Joe Cohen. Cal Hubbard? Uh-huh. He was a left-handed screwball pitcher for the New York Giants. That's the most Are you positive? Yeah, that's the most famous thing he's known for, yeah. Hmm. 
You're absolutely positive. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but that's not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm you know, that's the most famous thing he's known for. Um, gee. Well, now I have to go back and, and dig up his his pitching career. <laughs> um, I don't I don't even have him as a pitcher, but he was he's still the only person to be inducted into the baseball hall of fame, the football hall of fame, and the college football hall of fame. Apparently he had more of a football career than baseball. I thought he was an umpire well, in baseball. Oh, there is one There was a Hubbard a Cal Hubbard Umpire, I guess you're talking about that one, but I'm thinking of, of the picture. Oh, nope. Carl Hubble. <laughs> there we go. Carl okay. okay. All right. All right. So you bombed on that one. So you you got, how many did I give you tonight? Six? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes. Five out of six. That's pretty darn good. Not bad. That's pretty darn good. And I kept saying, are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. <laughs> are you positive? Yes. yes. Are you absolutely sure? Yes. Yes. And I believed you. I know you did. Oh, man, you can you can just, you can do it. Do what? Um, <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> bad work. <laughs> I almost said it. You know, sleepy sleepy hood will do. Yeah, it's almost four in the morning. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yes, it is. No, but it's only one o'clock out there. That's true. Only one o'clock. All right. So we've got. Um, well, we don't need that because we already did that one. We've got Chrysler cars. We've got old time items list from Bob in Wisconsin. Uh -huh. I've got some birthdays for this week and some monthly special events and history and all sorts of things like that there. What would you like? Superstitions? Well, how much you got? Useless but fun. How much you got in the tank? What, what do we want to do? I've got a million stuffs in the tank. Okay. Well, I don't know how much gas you have. Oh, my tank. All right. Well, we've got useless but fun stuff. I could do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Migrating geese. Now, somebody missed that the ducks do this, too. And also ibis. So lots of birds do this. But migrating geese fly in a V formation. You know, the, there's mm -hmm. a leader, and then behind them are a couple of more. And then, right. you know, it, it really goes out in a V. Um a goose's wings churn the air and leave an air current behind. So flying in a wedge shape, each bird in the position behind gets the benefit of the air that was, you know, the air movement that was generated by the front bird. Right. And what's really nifty is that they change positions. The lead position gets rotated. And they, the ducks do that too. I think that's pretty neat. Very, very nice. They're smart to do that. They are very smart. Mm -hmm. it's, and I'm not sure they have big brains enough to do this. <laughs> they just do it. They're programmed to do it. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. They're pre-programmed. Okay. There was such a thing 
as a 12-cylinder car that was produced in the United States, and it was pretty routine. And the last one was the Lincoln Continental in 1948. And now we drive on four cylinders. Wow. Amazing. Ferdinand Porsche were into cars, who later went on to build sports cars, the Porsche sports cars, designed the original 1936 Volkswagen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a whole list of names, and you're going to tell me what they are. They're all in the same family. They're people. <laughs> I haven't given you the list yet. <laughs> We've got banana, buttercup, butternut, carnival, golden nugget, hubbard, kibbacha, spaghetti, sweet dumpling, turban, and pumpkin. They are all varieties of what? Cereal. No. When did you hear about sweet dumpling cereal? I don't know, but it sounds good. And kibbacha and carnival. Golden nugget. Buttercup. Butternut. Acorn. Banana. Spaghetti. And all people? They're all varieties of winter squash. I thought you wanted me to talk on people. I wasn't thinking of any other thing besides people. I didn't say people. You did. Oh, okay. I said not people. Okay. Oh, man. We're, we're getting off track here. <laughs> this is very normal for us. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In 1776, a man who made $4,000 a year was considered wealthy. And... 2013, a person who makes $4,000 is considered wealthy. Um, I can understand that. I mean, that, that's kind of a dumb thing. Of course, in 1776, $4,000 was a lot of money. Right. I should have checked it in my handy-dandy little dollar checker. Mm -hmm. Hold on. <clears throat> you keep talking for a minute? All right. Tomorrow's Robert Schwartz is going to be with us from the Vic and Save Man Club. Um, yeah, but, um, is she the head of the fan club? Yep, she the head. Head, she the head cheese. The head cheese. <laughs> Let me see if I put it up here. We're going to be talking to the movie actress Monica Lewis on Tuesday off air. Mm -hmm. Uh, Friday, I think John and I are going to run an interview with Ben Cooper. Patricia and I always have enjoyed him in the past. Um, I'm trying to think what else we're going to run. Probably the interview with Loretta Young's son be a possibility we'll see um we'll feature uh the king shepherd book on the 16th um i'm scheduled to have lunch with rebecca stout rex stout daughter on august 20th now so patricia i wish you were coming with me i wish i was coming with you too you know you're such hmm. yes yes you'd be such a good dinner partner Oh, my goodness. I would just have such a good time with her. Yeah. And so... All right. Now let me see here. So, so Bert, Bert Boyle will be with us on the 23rd. 
and stuff like that there. I got still we're working on the Spurback convention. We've got 19 commit. We get we just got Rose Marie confirmed yesterday that she'll be attending her first radio her first Spurback convention. So baby Rose Marie or Rose Marie from the Dick Van Dyke show will be with us. And I got a bunch of phone calls to make this week to get more people in. And I got the got an email from the Bob Newhart people. They are considering coming on the show. So that would be fun if we could land Bob. You must have a Rolodex that stretches from your room to the living room. <laughs> Over 250 pages long. And I keep building every day. This is good. You know? This is a very good list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in 2010, the relative value of $4,000 from 1776 mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll do the purchasing power. Does that sound okay f- yep. with you? Yep. And, of course, it's got the CPI, the, the Consumer Price Index, rolled in there. Purchasing power, uh, relative value is $103,000. Huh. I would have thought more than that. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, the relative value range is actually from 103000 to $2.1 million. But, um, you know, the purchasing power is really what, what we should do. So, there you go, $103,000. I, I just, I'm really disappointed. I would have thought it was a whole lot of... <laughs> oh, boo-boo. I mean, really. I know, boo-boo. Well, I guess if we invested $4,000 in 1776, it would have been a whole lot more. Well, it depends if we would have bought tea, it might have been in trouble. Yeah, well, again, yeah, tea or <laughs> wound up as Confederate dolls. I don't know. <laughs> it would have gone through the Civil War, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, anyway, $103,000. I truly would have thought more than that. You bet. But it's not. Oh, well. Oh, well. Okay, the word taxi is spelled the same in English, German, French, Swedish, Swedish, and Portuguese. Well, now, they, just, they just didn't want to create their own issues. So what can I say? I think we are likely to have been the ones to borrow from another language. We don't have a lot of words that belong to us. What does? We, we truly don't. What does? Um, I don't know. Take a shot. Um, word processing. I bet it's an American derivative. I bet a lot of the computer stuff has been coming out. A lot of the computer too, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. Give me a mainstream word. Um. <laughs> Pumpkin came from England. Okay. Banana yeah. comes from the islands. Super after super after 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 
I think maybe we need to pronounce it. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> oh, you're too funny. Are you? <laughs> you want to try again, or would you like me to take a shot? I want you to boo-boo. Yes? Would you take a shot at it? Okay. I think you are saying supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Is I, that the one? How do you know? Because uh, you kind of... I understand your partial words and partial sentences. You speak a whole language. All of, all, it, you speak Waldenese, and I understand Waldenese. What does that make you and me together, huh? I'm not sure. I think compatible is uh -huh. a good word. Uh-huh. Yes, we so, are compatible. We are. It was so fun because when, when we had Jan Moon on the air last night, uh, Richard Sherman's wife called me, so they couldn't make the Spurvac conversion, but we're going to get him on the show. Uh-huh. That'd be fun to talk about the, how he wrote that song and other famous Disney song. How he came up with the word. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, when people create names of streets, mm -hmm. I, my brother lives in Secret Glen, that kind of stuff. Right. Do you know how they come up with those names? No. You take two columns and you put a whole bunch of words in the left-hand column. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like the name of a tree right. or a magical name like secret mm -hmm. and even magical. And then in the right-hand column, you have road, cove, grove, ah, street, okay. and, and you start crossing over until you get two words that match up nicely. So we'll say um, we'll say Myrtle Drive right. or Myrtle Cove. Mm -hmm. Myrtle is the name of a tree, and you keep putting those words together until you get something that sounds nice. Two, two, you didn't you didn't know that the process was that simple, did you? No, boo boo. But two 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 street names I know that. They tried to get in, but they couldn't get it done. Um, the neighbors around my surrogate mom, Kitty Callen, wanted to rename her street KK Lane. They never got that done. But I think she liked the gesture that all her neighbors wanted to partition the city to do that. And Rudy Valley wanted to rename his street. He was the only house on it. They wouldn't him, so he wanted to call it Rudy Valley. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> That's cute. You know, Rudy Valet or Valet. Rue, R-U-E, yeah. is the French word for street. Right. And de la, it is of the, and if he had valet, it would be of the valley. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cute. But he couldn't get that one through. Ah. Uh, Aww, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's our education up. for today. That's, <laughs> that's we're, We'll have a test next week. All right. And I will ask you how to make a street. Or it'll be in two weeks. Two. So you're going to be streeping next week. I know. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Oh, why, my goodness. I don't know why I want Boo Boo to go spend five days over there. What? No, she doesn't want to either. No. But. But it's okay. Are you going to have your laptop with you? Sure. 
Okay, so we we can be in touch if you know. I can make sure. sure. I can make sure Boo Boo's okay. Sure. Okay. Well, it's important to me that Boo Boo's okay. okay. I only got yes. I only got one Boo Boo. You know. Did I tell you about the television show Frasier when they accidentally wound up in Canada in their father's motorhome? Nope. They were driving a motorhome. He Frasier and his brother, Niles, and his father's healthcare worker uh, named Daphne. And she's here from London. She grew up in the Manchester area of England. And they're out driving around, and they wound up by accident over the border into Canada. And Daphne went bazonkers. It turns out that she had a green card for... America to work in America, but she was not allowed to leave the country and you cross the border and you're in another country mm-hmm. and she has gone absolutely nuts. So they're coming back and they have to go through this border check. Now they could either get waved through or waved aside mm-hmm. because somebody wanted to get on and check the motorhome. Mm-hmm. And they got waved aside. And Daphne, of course, is hysterical in the back because she's positive somebody's going to find her and she's going to get arrested. And and the father said, well, can you speak anything in in American? And she said, sure. (laughs) He said, oh, good. Okay, well, give us a sentence. She said, sure. (laughs) That was the only thing that she could say that sounded American. So when I say sure... (laughs) It reminds me of poor Daphne. Yeah. Well, go ahead and say something in American. Sure. <laughs> I can tell you're really hysterical about this. I, I did a great I job smiled. telling the story. I, I smiled. Oh, gosh. I smiled. Yeah. yeah, poor Daphne. Sure. Sure. Okay, well, let me see here. George Washington spent Christmas night in 1776 crossing the Delaware River in dreadful conditions. Yep. However, Christmas 1777 fared not much better. However, at Valley Forge, Washington and his men had a miserable Christmas dinner of fowl, meaning turkey, somebody found some turkey, cooked in a broth with turnips, cabbage, and potatoes. Now, that doesn't sound too terrible. Well, you know, if all they had was cabbage, I'd say, "Gosh, that's awful." But well, it wasn't in the place. I don't. I don't think it was in. It was not cooking a very good stew. Oh, probably not. No. Probably not. But you know, you could survive on lousy broth with turnips, cabbage, and potatoes. You know, cabbage is a good vegetable. It's got lots of vitamins and minerals and stuff. Potatoes, that's a good food. Well, they made out the plays. That doesn't sound too good. Say that again? The play, Valley Forge, it was a famous play. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, it, it was a dreadful winter yeah. for them. I mean, they had no clothes. Their shoes no were a mess. Yeah. Um, you know, they had rags tied around mm-hmm. their feet. And it really doesn't sound like a wonderful dinner. No. But... It was something other than a slice of bread soaked in water, you know? Mm-hmm. So I wonder where they got the turnips, cabbage, and potatoes. That's not something you haul around in a backpack. No, they probably scavenged it off the different lands, probably. They raided somebody's root cellars. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
cabbage isn't a root vegetable either. That'll that'll deteriorate. Mm-hmm. You know, if it gets frozen, right. it just turns to mush, and it doesn't. Ha- I mean, it's got a much longer shelf life than something. When I say shelf life, I mean it's got a much longer life after it's been cut and harvested. Um, much better than things like lettuce and string beans and other veggies. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, they were talking about frozen winter. Turnips and potatoes can withstand, well, potatoes, frozen potatoes, they turn to black mush too. Hmm, I wonder where they got them. It had to be out of root cellar. Oh, yeah. So they raided people's root cellars. Wow. I mean, that's the only way that I can think of that they could get food like that. Make sense? Yeah, make sense. Huh. What do you know? Oh, well, the end. Oh, what? That's all the useless but fun stuff I'm going to give you. Wow. I'm sorry. It was good stuff. I won. That's that's all you're going to get. So let's see. Today is the 4th? Yep. Today is National Friendship Day. That's good. Boo-boo. Yes. Will you be my friend, my buddy, forever and I ever? I will be your friend and your buddy. Forever and ever, till death do us part. And then until some... death do us do something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gosh, that would be terrible. Well, yes. And forever and ever after that, too? And forever and ever. Good. That's and the a, first Sunday, this is the, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know what, and that's a long time. That's a very long time. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Right. Pooh Bear thinks he used to believe in forever, but now it seems too good to be true. Aww. Or Pooh Bear. I do have some Pooh Bear stuff. Um, the fourth is also International Forgiveness Day. I'm a big believer in that. That's good. I am too. It's National Sisters Day. I have to send my sister a note. I know. And it is United States Coast Guard Day. The Coast Guard? Coast Guard. Wow. So we've got Friendship Day, Forgiveness Day, Sisters Day, Coast Guard Day. That's good. That's really good. That's to say your your sister. No, that's good. Yeah. Now, these are all really nice and soft. I mean, like, on the first, it was National Raspberry Cream Pie Day. Ooh. The second was National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. I love that. The third was National Mustard Day. You're a mustard person. I am a mustard like kid. I know. And the third was also National Watermelon Day. Wow. And we have all of these warm, fuzzy things like Friendship Day, Forgiveness Day, Sisters Day, and Coast Guard Day. And then on Monday, we have Work Like a Dog Day. Yeah. Go figure. And the day that Frank Brzee Golden Days of Radio started back in 1949. Oh, really? August 5th? Yep. How cool is that? Well, the 6th is really nice. Now, you tell me how this, how somebody came up with this day. I'm not sure it's a nationally recognized day, but it is Wiggle Your Toes Day on Tuesday. I can do that. Well, I know. I, we can do that. Most people can. Yeah. But It takes talent and skill. I, well, yeah, I can wiggle my ears. You're smart. I can't do that. Ah, uh, see? I can wiggle my ears. See? I'm not smart. I'm talented. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know what that is going to get me on the national front that I can wiggle my ears. It's great for radio. Wiggle your toes day too. Yeah. Um, okay, National Lighthouse Day on the seventh. I wonder how many lighthouses are even being used in America anymore. Oh, uh, we be have a many. lot of. Yeah, we have a lot of lighthouses, but I don't think we. The, there's one in New Jersey. Well, it was there before the hurricane, anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, it's still there. And, and they had the first, and they have, uh, and it currently is a working lighthouse. Wow. They had the first working lighthouse in the country. How about that? Very good. Yeah. See, now New Jersey has some very important stuff. All right. Now, well, it, it got it has some really good people who were mm-hmm. then born there and lived there. And oh gosh, yes, yeah. we went through a whole list of people. Yeah. Really remarkable list of people. Even Annie Oakley lived there. She wasn't born there, but she lived there. Right. Um. Now, have you ever grown vegetables in your yard? Did you have a vegetable garden? Um, Other than tomatoes. Nothing seriously, no. No. So you have never grown zucchini? No. Well, if you plant a zucchini seed and it grows, you will have more zucchini from a single vine than you could ever want in your whole little life. I happen to like zucchini, Mm. so I could eat a lot of zucchini, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like um, papaya. When the papaya comes on a tree, it comes on a tree, and you are looking for a home for it because it doesn't stay forever. Mm. Well, the same thing happens with zucchini. On August 8th, when zucchini is coming to its peak... There is a national sneak some zucchini onto your neighbor's porch day. Ah. And that sounds like a winner to yep. me. I don't know if it's a national holiday, but it certainly is a day. The ninth is Book Lover's Day. And the 10th, which would be next okay. Saturday. Right. <gasps> I did this right. It is Lazy Day. Oh, you picked the right day to be lazy. I picked the right day. And it's also National S'mores Day. So this is good. We have a lot of food this month. Good. My goodness, we've got... Hold on. Let me see here. Um, In the weeks, we've got National Simplify Your Life Week. Mm -hmm. The second one is National Smile Week. The third one, this is week three, is... Friendship Week, mm-hmm. and Week 4 is Be Kind to Humankind Week. Now, those are very friendly weeks, you know? You bet. And it's also National Picnic Month. Bring your picnic basket. Get your picnic basket, boo-boo. Boo-boo bear. Yes. Boo-boo bear. Has that, or Yogi had the picnic basket. That's true. So, so what else would you like? Ah, anything else you can think of? Or should we sneak out? Oh, sneak out. You ready? I think I think we can sneak out, yeah. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. All right. So what that means, we say goodnight. We will be back in two weeks. We will not be here next week. Patricia? Somebody's, well, going, somebody's going to miss us, I Patricia think. Patricia's going to 
read, if you have any recommendation, you can send it to floridawriter at hotmail.com. And or if you'd like Walden to pass it on, you can send it to Walden Hughes at yesterdayusa.com. We can That's a that. pretty easy one to remember. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty weird that I have it. <clears throat> yes, I think so. But I have enough books <laughs> backed up to keep me, if I did nothing but read, this would be really nice for a week or a month, um, if I did nothing but read in my life, I might get through them in five or six years. <laughs> I'd probably get through them a lot faster than that. But I have a lot, so you, you don't struggle for recommendations. Say goodnight, boo-boo. Uh, goodnight, boo-boo. Goodnight, Good night, Walden. Good, Good night, night, everybody. Thank Good you night. for being with us. We love you all, Boo Boo Bear and everybody out there. Here we go. Bye-bye. Do we have dead air out there? Well, I'm making sure. Nope, we did it. Alright. Well, Boo Boo, I'll call you in a bit. I'm going to save all our files here. Okay. And then I will be here. I'll all make right. a couple of trips. You do your stuff. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. JAWS for Windows is ready. Welcome to Skype. Press insert plus H for Alt F4, Sound Forge Pro 10.0, Record Sound 1 Dialog, Recording Attributes, 44100 HZ, 16-bit Stereo, to hear the JAWS, Enter. Escape, Escape, Enter. Okay. Enter. Menu, File Menu, New Dot 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 Control Plus N. A, Leaving Menus, Save as Dialog, File Name, Sound 1 Dot Wav, Edit. S-A-T-U-R-A-Y. N I G H E S H O W I T H P A T R I C I A A N C L A I R S C H U L T Z 8 3 1 3 Save as type combo box save button enter data window 